Yeah, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of This Might Not Go Well. I am your host, B Breeze, aka Poppy Sazon. What's good, y'all? What's good, y'all? It's your boy Law, aka Slick Grayson. How's everybody doing out there in podcast world? All right, before we get the podcast started, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at This Might Not Go Well. And we are on all major platforms Spotify, Google, Apple, SoundCloud. But yeah, we everywhere actually. Yeah. So and TikTok. So follow us on TikTok too. This might not go well. We put some of the please, snippets. Please don't. <laughs> but let's get this podcast started, man. We on episode thirteen. How you doing, bro? Let's do the check in. How you feeling today? How you feeling this week, actually? I'm all right. All right. It's a it's a fun Martin Luther King's Day Eve. Um, no, nah, not too much happened this week for me personally. I think it was a regular regular week. Just you know, trying to find more ways to be rich before thirty. But other than that. Just chilling, man. Health is good. Fam is good. Dog is good. So can't complain. How you doing today, my brother? I'm doing all right. You know, this week was was an okay week. You know, nothing too eventful. You know, got some work done. Um, I actually finished making my list for the New Year's of what I want actually what I want to actually do and everything. So trying to be more goal goal oriented this year. But you know, this week was the Zay- yesterday. Was the Zetas Founders Day? Cue me up, DJ. There you go. Shout out to the ladies of the sweet, sweet, sweet Zeta Five Beta Sorority Incorporated. Uh huh. All right, we're not gonna play the lyrics because you know for copyright infringements and all that. You are stuff. like the most biased. <laughs> Fraternal host in the world. I believe there were some other anniversaries. Oh yes, shout out. yes. Um, you know, shout out to the Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. They celebrated their Founders Day, and also on Friday, shout out to the lovely ladies of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated as well. But you know, I'm biased because you know I love the ladies in blue, despite they be getting me tight sometimes. But you know, I love them anyways. I could tell that's why you had their theme music queued up. <laughs> they, you lucky I didn't play Chopper style because any. Zeta's listening to right now If I play Chop You know what You gonna play Chop Come on now Cause, cause you, you You was playing with me Right now You see All I said was You was biased And you are further Proving my point I, ha- I, ha- I have to though Because you know you got Zeta's home team I understand Yeah cause you know They just celebrated This centennial last year And they celebrated In a bad way Like After, after their Founders day That's when we went To straight shut down mode And it was It was clip for all that well, I'm a regular fellow member of the black community, so I'm not liable to speak <laughs> in these situations. So I'm just going to cue you up. So let me know when you're ready to go. Cue me up, DJ. I'm up town right now. Shout out to the I'm New York Zetas. Oh, yeah. put a twist on this thing, you heard? What? Get copyrighted. I thought, I thought I was in New Orleans for a minute. <laughs> I thought I was in New Orleans. Damn. Shout out to everybody celebrating their founders day. Black yes. the Black Divine Nine, ELR is central to the black community. And also shout out to the HBCU. You know, I know a lot of people have been giving out some money, so hopefully that helps out. And yes, but speaking of which, you know, this upcoming week is a special week, you know. 
It's the inauguration of Joe Biden, who done won this presidency like over seven times from how many times they just recounted and everything. I'm not even going to make that joke because I feel like that's been the same joke since the election. <laughs> Facts. He won like every week since. But there's been a lot of concerns about the inauguration this week. You know, you had Airbnb um, putting strict, putting like very strict restrictions on booking on booking things around the area in D.C., because I believe a lot of the rioters from on January 6th booked a lot of Airbnbs during that time. So they're trying to avoid that. What else concerns that they have? Um, From my understanding, I think there's just a, a lot of fallback after the uh, January 6th insurrection. Um, right now, CNN has discussed the possibilities of um, just people planning. I believe initially they were talking about planning. 50 consecutive like attacks on the state capitals across the country on a daily inauguration, as well as having another, I guess, many, I don't even say mini riot, another riot in DC during the inauguration. If you guys recall last week, we kind of just touched on just briefly about whether Joe Biden should have an outdoor inauguration, not just in the sense of um, public violence, but also in the sense of like, you know, it's still a national pandemic, global pandemic, excuse me. So, and it's just like, right now it's just a scary time because I don't think, at least not in modern recorded history in the last hundred years or so, we've had the opportunity to, to see such disdain for a U.S. political figure at home. Yeah. You know, we, there was dissension when President Obama won because, you know, again, this is like the, the origins of the public make America great again stance when, you know, you have a black man or uh, yeah, a black man. I, I won't go there today. A black <laughs> man as president. Um, even when people weren't supporting George Bush and his policies and the war on terror or whatever you want to call it, shout out to the veterans that participated in those that were put their lives on the line. But, you know, there's never really been a time where the country has been so avid, avidly divided. You know, it's scary. Yeah, it's crazy, too, because. But I would say I would want him to do it outside. And. To show that he's not scared, because that's the number one thing that is going to be a testament to his first term. And hopefully he gets a second term, depending on how well he does. But there, you know, there's claim from the other side that he's not strong enough to lead the country compared to Trump, even though we know that Trump is not strong enough himself. But he has to show strength and he has to be able to show that he's a leader. And and it doesn't have to be no big inauguration, you know, like. Cause we, we have to keep social distancing and everything, but as long as he does it outside, put his hands on the Bible, does what he has to do. I think we should do it. I don't think we should be concerned. I don't think it should be a large group gathering near the inauguration place. So I don't think security should be a problem. And if it is a, a huge people out there, I think police should be very aware and national guard should be called prior and stop people from at least a couple mile radius. So they won't be able to conflict with the inauguration. No, I agree with you. I think him showing solidarity and showing strength at such uncertain times, like he should have some form of an outdoor inauguration, but I think we've already seen such, we've seen the security measures taken, you know, until the inauguration is over. It's like, he's not a, like even though he won the election, he's not officially president. So, and I was reading and listening to Fox News and CNN and all these different networks, and they were like, you know, regardless of who is president, a lot of people, a lot of staffers, their allegiance isn't to one person. More so, it's their allegiance to to the the, the office, right? Mm-hmm. So, whoever is the head of the office, if that is Donald Trump on the morning of January twentieth, he 
you know, give some outlandish, you know, directive, it's a good amount of people that are going to follow because he's still the commander in chief until the powers are transitioned, you know? But I, I get that. I don't see, even though Trump is a wild boy, I don't see him doing anything that outlandish. And also, if anything happens to Joe Biden, God forbid, during the, like, during the inauguration, then that, the storm that's going <laughs> to pass through the United States is going to be a crazy one, you know? Uh, yes and no, because I feel like you still, like, there is a large, remember, it was, what, 81 million to 74 million. There's 74 million people that was still riding with Trump. So it still would be a little, like, about half of the country, give or take that's. But, you know, that side doesn't, uh, I would say the leaders on that side are, would not want that to happen because they know that the U.S. will crack down on their operation so far. Like they would not, they would lose a lot of supporters. And even though we, as black people, identify them as a terrorist group in a sense, but America, quote unquote, don't. So I think if they do do something crazy in that sort, it's going to further lead to the punishment because you've seen what's going on with everybody who has stormed the Capitol before. A lot of people are getting arrested, tracked down from their homes, or even getting banned from flying. Like I saw the video of the guy who was crying because he was on a no-fly list zone. We're going to talk about that too because um, <laughs> America So White has been showing out since uh, these arrests have begun. Oh, facts. But, like I said, we, I think that he should go to the inauguration, but I'm just concerned as a citizen because honestly like I've said last week January 6th was a true representation of what it is to be American you know it's scary because whatever your belief is you're going to jump behind even if you're liberal conservative far right far left in the middle like there's so much room for like misinterpretation and it's scary because as an older man Joe Biden was the oldest president ever Mm -hmm. Um, you know he's already had documented health issues and not this is this the presidency is stressful. Remember Obama, he went in the office looking like me and came out looking like you. <laughs> Don't do that. So I'm just you know I'm, I think he should show strength. He should show solidarity. I believe Kamala is getting Miss Harris is getting uh she's become getting uh sworn in tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? I believe. So. I believe she gets sworn in tomorrow or Tuesday, like before the what's it called before Biden. Yeah. So I'm just hopeful that you know cooler heads prevail. I hope that the all our government agencies are doing their due diligence to ensure that we don't have any hiccups or any many you know disasters because we've seen the history when presidents get gunned down. We've seen the history when presidents are assaulted or attacked. So we don't want to see that in 2020 in in color. Yeah. And just side note, speaking of color, just this is totally off topic, but yo, I've been on Twitter, like just you know, that's my thing. Yeah, I have seen more pictures of Martin Luther King Jr. in color this last like oh, three fact. or four days than I have. Oh wait, wait, before we even do that, happy birthday, Martin Luther King. You feel me? Happy birthday. Because his birthday is this weekend. Happy birthday to him. But you are completely hundred percent correct. Yo, they be fronting like the civil rights movement was so long ago, but it literally was like 40, 50 years ago. Yeah, because I just saw the pictures of him in Jamaica. With his wife He's out here with them Them hot ass jeans Oh yeah I was like Come on now But you know That was back in the day So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna flame him He from down south He ain't know what shorts was Yeah He's a reverend You ever seen a reverend in shorts Nah like, You not gonna preach About the lord in shorts You better put on a suit I seen a, I seen a picture of him About to give a speech In like a, a Canadian tuxedo He had the denim jacket With the denim jeans oh, I no. seen it in color I'm like yo The history books Really be trying to play us Yeah because The only thing I ever seen Was black and white pictures And all that And I'm just like no, there's plenty of pictures, and there's plenty of cool pictures of him, and the internet that's not shown in what that's that's been shown on the internet, but not shown in like in history books and stuff like that. It's crazy, bro. 
Because it was literally, it's been 60 years now. A little, a little, a little less than 60 years. Because we're in 2021 and, you know, he passed away in what, um, 1968. Mm-hmm. So it was not that long, close to 60 years since he passed. Yo, it's crazy because it's just like, yo, they really want us to protect. Like, America, we can't, nah, I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to catch control because I, I do want to talk about the, uh, the. I want to go back to the riot, the insurrection really quickly because mm-hmm. there's also been an investigation going on about Capitol Police. And I believe two were suspended and 10 others are under investigation for their involvement or lack thereof in the insurrection. I'm not so surprised. We talked about this. We said that the insurrection looked fishy because that's Washington, D.C., especially during in the Capitol, any federal building is heavily secure. Yeah, because I'm I, I hear people who work there. You can't even get into certain buildings. Even if you work there, you have to have certain credentials and even and then, you know, as tourists. Even as a tourist, you can't even go someplace and they search you down. You can't even step foot without somebody knowing. So how do these number of people storm the castle without anybody knowing? That's a fact, bro. I was in D.C. like two years ago and around April, around Easter time of April. And like it's like going through TSA trying to get into some of these buildings. Mm-hmm. Like you got to take your stuff, like your belt off and stuff. You got to put your bag through. Like there's security everywhere, even when you don't expect it. So it, especially with the the notice that this was happening, there was a rally. It was going to be a march on the Capitol. You would think that the police would have mobilized so much more, so much, you know, more in general. So it's kind of, it's ironic, but not surprising that, you know, two people already been suspended, 10 others. And it also kind of leads, I've seen this on Twitter a lot this week. It's like, you know, how y'all going to be surprised when you see the cops are also Trump supporters when a lot of their policies and their ideals are, you know, built around that ideology of, you know, not necessarily Confederacy, but white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And then you, you get that joke that people was running back. Oh, why there was no reinforcement because they had to go home and change the outfit type mm-hmm. of thing. And that That's proves that proves facts to what's going on. Everybody used their paid time off that day. Outside. And, and now and when we and this is a. I, this is, I think this is a bigger critical link is when we speak about police brutality and they don't want to hear us and no one changed the legislation to help us out, this should be used as facts as you have people in these police forces openly supporting Trump and his rhetoric and are in positions of power to hurt us and they use that. So I... <sighs> It's, it's it's sad. It's really sad, because as a black man, how do you feel about this country? I they mean, keep smacking your face time and time again, and it's kind of like, and they don't want to tell you they they don't want to acknowledge what they're doing, and it and it kind of frustrates you. I mean, you can't. You gotta think of it this way: you can't be mad at something you don't see as a problem, right? Mm. Think about any. Think about a basic argument you've had with somebody close to you, like. If you feel in your heart of hearts you're right, you're going to say some wild stuff and you're going to diminish what they're saying because you don't want to see it. Fortunately, if you're with somebody, you argue with someone that's close to you, you're around them enough to see how your words and your actions impact them to be like, yo, you know what? I was tweaking. Or like you see like, yo, I was bugging. This is an ideology. This is ingrained in American history. For some people, especially in you know, Southern states, Western states, uh, Midwestern states. From state 1800. They, yeah, they are, this is a part of their identity. They, they've been told They've been force fed That You know Life was so much better For us pre-slavery When it really wasn't 
There was not you at know, all. Because even only really rich people had slaves. You feel me? <laughs> you had to have bread to have, you know, a plantation fully going. So if you still ain't have bread, and back then there was even white slaves, which you don't even, we don't even talk about indentured servitude, you know? Yep. But you had to really do some shit. <laughs> yeah, to really commit some crime for them to put you in that stuff. And then also just, you know, I'm trying to link back to other podcasts so you guys can go back and go listen to them. We had this conversation on episode six or so about uh, defund the police. Yep. And I've been sitting here thinking about that for the last two or three weeks since this incident's happened, right? And you were right. I don't say that often, but you were right about the way it's delivered, defund the police. On, but the now. motion, I'm, I'm standing I'm right by more, what I'm right more I'm, than one. I'm standing ahead. by what I said in the sense that the terminology starts the conversation because now there's no one screaming defund the police, but then you're seeing that not just the Capitol Police, but there were police officers from across the nation who were and judges and lawyers and real estate agents who were found down south. And it, I mean, excuse me, not down south at the uh, Capitol. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of really shows you judges. Yeah, it shows you the reality that we live in where it's like it's not just we're saying defund the police, but we're saying that the systems that are in place are currently faulty because they were designed around an oppressive system that does not value our lives. I mean, look at the history of police. It was slave catchers. 100%. So, I mean, but I do understand what you mean and I understand the terminology helps bring this, but I think... We can clean up. We can say it better. It doesn't have to. Yeah, we could, we could just change the terminology because, I mean, even without the terminology, what happened on, on the 6th um, showcase what's been going on. So, that's why I just say... Yes, it, the terminology helps bring in, I guess, viewers or, or seers, but it divides. It divides, and it doesn't really help the mission out. It it might bring people who hasn't been aware of it more aware, but it does not lead to any changes. The way that the that terminology was meant to make some changes, hundred percent. But now, like I said, I see a lot of think pieces. I see people saying, you know, even though the the, the conservative news channels and some even some independents are kind of, you know, trying to say, oh, these are like one off incidents. It, that even leads to the conversation about like our system is so oppressive that we can't even call a spade a spade. You know, we can't yep. say that this was racist. Like this, this is a, a key example of how too racism much pride is and too much egos. Yeah, but you know, you guys say you're comfortable. Like if you're if you're operating from a position of power, you're not going to feel threatened. You're not going to feel the need to change. Cause it's like, yo, what are you showing me? This isn't direct. I'm not doing it. You know? And I and I'll have to. And then that's the, the biggest. The big thing is sacrifice. What are you willing to give so, up? Yeah, so, you're in power. You have control. What are you willing to give up? Because that's gonna. And you gotta talk about the mindset. Is because if I give up something, and then I'm gonna start feeling withdrawals and everything like that. So I don't want to go through that. So I see why people are reluctant on change, but. You got to think of just on a human standpoint of what you're doing is morally wrong. I like it like sitting in an economy when you take a flight, right? Those mm-hmm. seats are small. And sometimes there's some big people like you. That, don't do that. <laughs> that don't, you know, they come in and they want to sit. And it's like, yo, bro, you're in my space. It's like, oh, my, I need, I need, like, I need my space too. But yeah, but you're encroaching on mine. Like you, people don't want to make every other people comfortable. And I think that when you see or like, Individually too When you just feel like Yo Me trying to establish My comfort Is causing somebody else pain 
or cause somebody else's come or, or is not elevating somebody, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. I think that's the human reaction is to naturally be selfish. We have to go above and beyond just being selfish. I mean, like, you know what? Yo, I, I like white privilege, but it doesn't really help my, you know, my, my friends, especially those, especially people that, oh, I got black friends. Well, do you realize that your privilege, the ability that you can go to the, a federal institution and vandalize and destroy it and then still go to, even if you go to jail, you're getting your dietary means met, you're getting your private room, you're getting, you're get to that. speak on that because you know? that's part of the docket as well. Yeah, but, you know, like I said, the Capitol Police investigation is, so it was very, very not, it was surreal and not surreal at the same point. Just because I was like, you know what? I knew it, but the fact that they are actually investigating this now, or you know, maybe maybe they're just spoofing it. Maybe it's bigger, and it's like they're going to pick and, twelve and, scapegoats. And you know what's sad about this is, I know this is part of the white people agenda. Is you're starting to get dumb to these news, and that's scary to me. Is I do not want to continue being numb to my people dying. My people began arrested, began beat up on all these racist things that's been going on. And I feel like that's maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe a little conspiracy theory, but a little marketing thing is they're they're doing stuff and they highlighting things to make us have this become the norm or at least be um, numb to it. And I do not like that at all. You know what's so I totally agree with you. But you know what's so interesting? I think this in my profession, I'm not everybody knows like I do teaching. In some capacity, I'm not gonna say how, but I do teaching in some capacity, right? Really? And working with children or teen adolescents, teenagers, right? I see how these things affect them. So, like, th- if you think about your grandparents or your parents or your older aunts and uncles, right? They've been seeing this for 30, 40, 50 years, and they're still angry about it. But it's also like, oh, they gonna get off. They tell you how things are gonna go. Our generation is kind of in that space where for the last. 10 years we've experienced nothing but trauma and seeing these things so wow it might be we kind of know how it's going to go we still are finding ways to love ways these kids are coming up with so many unique perspectives and ways about how things are going it kind of like for me at least it refreshes my mind i don't feel as tired mm. it's more so like okay i know how this is going to go but then i hear a crazy interesting perspective from one of my students about how what should be done and how this is wrong and you know it kind of re-energizes my 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 power to fight my power to use my my platform to not necessarily even the spark change it's like you know you you're being the ear for somebody for maybe a future you know i won't say abolitionist but a future voice in this movement you know so it's it's dope and it's just like even like having this like it hurt like people must like you crying we're talking about the other thing i wasn't necessarily crying but it's just like yo i never thought in a million years i would still be trying to explain this to students i'm teaching it's like i'm talking to y'all in like five seven years when i have my own kids that are conscious and you know figuring out the world it's like yo i got had this conversation with them like yo and then and and that and that's the crazy part is because when you look at kids, they're innocent. They don't really have too much. Because I was just looking at my nephew, and he was just on his tablet. And then the thought came in my mind: it was like, yo, this guy don't know what's been going on. He probably ne- he has not had a heartbreak. He has not um, experienced love. He hasn't experienced racism. He hasn't experienced nothing. He's pure, and it's sad that. When he grows up, as he gets older, he's going to have to experience these things and maybe double it because he's a black person. And that makes me sad and it makes me want to safeguard him from the world, but you can't. And it's kind of like hard seeing these young kids start to get corrupt by society and was was been plaguing us and what we've been refusing to acknowledge. 
That's a fact, bro. I think that it's a big push now for like social emotional learning and giving kids a, a platform to just talk. And I'm like, damn, these kids got it good. I remember when we were sad, when we was kids, you couldn't, you were sad, you might have to go to the guy's counselor. They probably will call your parents. Yep. Like, nah, I'm mad about them. They, they suck break it up. up. You hear that? A bunch of, oh, you man up. Suck. Yep. I hate it, man up. Oh, I was a sen- I'm a Pisces, y'all. I'm a sensitive ass. If you know me personally, you know I'm sensitive as shit. Mm-hmm. I front, like, I don't care about a lot sensitive. of stuff. Huh? I'm not going. Ahead. <laughs> yeah, mother. Anyways, sorry, auntie. But you know, so I was like, I see that as crazy as the world has become, like we're offering these platforms in school, and I think that's a slight change. You know, we're getting to. But yo, the Capitol Police riot, the, the police investigations, inauguration concerns—it just kind of speaks to where we're at. And it's like, I saw a weird stat. I think it was yesterday. Like I was just on a computer looking up some stock stuff. No stock plugs today. But it was somebody like Google. I think it was on Twitter. It was like, yo, what's the average uh, life expectancy for an empire? And they said 250 years. And then the, the tweet under it was like, oh, well, America's at 245 years of existence. And it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> Put some, you know, not necessarily tying two and two together, but it's just like, you know, we're experiencing so much turmoil that like it wouldn't surprise me. Not saying that the country will go up in flames or something like that, but... If there isn't some kind of political shift, I don't want to say revolution, but, you know, things are changing, whether it is, you know, the Biden tax plan or, you know, put, putting potential. We're going to talk about that in a second anyway, but putting in, you know, new safeguards about the, the economy and health care and whatnot, the the way that the uh, COVID-19, as Kevin Hart would say, the vid as is in changing the world, like we're in a position for great change. What kind of change it is, I'm not sure, but I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's intriguing. Hopefully, but I mean, speaking on that, we could, we could, can we touch on 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 the prisoners that got? I mean, on the writers that was arrested, such as the guy who had the had the whole yo, <laughs> yo. jail change because <clears throat> his dietary. All right, yo, for my white friends, look, I'm trying to be. I don't know. Maybe I think I got. I, you, I ate early today. I got my energy, so I don't feel like I'm gonna be too belligerent, too niggerish today. Oh, I said, damn, I said, <laughs> but it's okay. But to my white friends, some white compadre, um, you know, compadres, um, federal crime, right? Federal, federal, just uh, you know, it's an insurrection. It's gonna be in history books, right? Vandaliz- vandalization, of, vandalizing, excuse me, of a federal property, breaking into, you know, a highly secure facility. Vandalizing a state official or government official's office, uh, stealing classified information, stealing general mail, you know, these if like we said prior, if these were black people, these people when they're arrested would go to jail for life. I believe the day of the of the riot is what twenty arrests out of a couple thousand people that were out yeah. there, so like twenty twenty five arrests maybe. Something around that ballpark. I'm about to say it was about eighty people that got arrested the night the night the Lakers won the championship. Just saying. Now. We've had people, I believe it was a Brooklyn Supreme Court justice's son, he was arrested and he was released on $100,000 bail. I believe he was the guy that had the riot shield. He had the, yep, he had yep. the, he had the, the police, police riot, yep. images. He had the police riot shield on the, the images. There was another person, Horn Guy, Horn Guy. He was turned in, arrested, right? He was saying he will not eat in prison because he is, a, I don't know if he's a vegan or whatever, but he has to eat an organic diet. Let me tell you something. If I, Slick Grayson, was to be arrested Tomorrow And complain that I don't eat pork or beef Or whatever dietary restrictions I have in my diet The odds of that request being met Are slim to none mm-hmm. Whether I'm in Rikers Island Whether I'm in Queens County Whether I'm out of state somewhere Not happening 
the fact that the prison system is giving this man, I don't even want to say his name because I don't want to give him too much publicity, right? The fact that they're giving this man, they're meeting his dietary needs as if it's a life or death thing, it's comical. The fact that people can commit a federal crime and get off on $100,000 bail when we're speaking to bail reform. I saw this tweet. I'm not even going to steal this original idea, but this man, his father is a Supreme Court judge for Brooklyn. Yep. He got his son out for $100,000 bail. You got to put down what, 10%? What's that, $10,000? He got that. Oh, light work for him. But Khalif Browder, let's talk about it. My man was in jail for a crime he didn't commit. He couldn't afford bail. His bail was... If you think about the price in, in hindsight, not saying for his family, because we send our sympathies out to them, but at the time his bail was not an absurd number. Might have been a couple hundred dollars that his family just couldn't scrounge up, kind of speaking more to the wealth inequality in America, right? Yep. My boy was locked up on Rikers Island as a teenager. If y'all know anything about jail, just know Rikers is a place you don't want to go. Oh, fact. Especially if you're not in that lifestyle type of thing. Yeah, you know, if you're not going in with protection, you don't want to be there, mm-hmm. right? So you're on the island. And not only was he on Rikers Island, he was being bullied by, by COs, correction officers. Yep. He was in solitary confinement for what, almost two years worth of time? Mm-hmm. And ended up, even when he was proven innocent and released, he killed himself based on everything he explored. I tell you this to tell you that the justice system ain't just. The it's fact not. that these people, this man was accused of stealing a book bag, but somebody that vandalizes and damages government property. But but look what he stole, though. Can we talk a about A bulletproof vest worth... $1,900 While the ride shield Is at $256 He thought he was a part of G-Unit With the bullet <laughs> Facts He's facing a felony charge For stealing government property Worth over $1,000 That's a federal crime And a guy who goes Into jail For a book bag Which he did not steal Was in records For a couple of years Like I said last episode If the actions On the 6th did not show you what white privilege is, then you do not get it or you do not want to understand it. And you just simply against change. And it's not to make you feel uncomfortable. Well, actually, it is. Yes, it is. We got to start making them feel uncomfortable. But put the fire in the ass. It's to put perspective in the system. You might, if we have created, done the same crime in the same place at the same time, nine times out of 10, I'm getting the worst sentence of you based on the color of my skin and how I'm seen by the criminal justice system, whether I'm a criminal or not. So I really just wanted to bring that up because this is disgusting. In no world should you be able to incite political insurrection and be given bail. Whether it was, you want to say it was nonviolent, like if if I touch the policeman the wrong way, you're going to give me assault. At a solar charge I'm not getting off Yep I'm not going home Y'all gonna leave me in jail To get my ass beat Not y'all But the good justice system You feel me So Like B said If you don't wanna see The stark difference The differences In how we are treated You're just Avoiding it at this point And that is scary Because it's not so much We we, we know who who the you know the dickheads are who the people that are that want us dead because of color our skin yeah but it's those that pretend it's not happening or diminish what's happening but say they're not involved directly because they don't do these things you're an even bigger part of the problem oh yes because if you aired on our side even just a little bit might be able to see some change beautifully put thank you thank you I've been drinking today but it's bourbon so shout out to my bourbon boys 
<laughs> Bourbon Boys. Bourbon Boys. Oh man. But um, on a we do have to talk about uh, some new things. Uh, I don't want a necessary call. We'll go to Andrew Yang and his bodega. His bodega nonsense. Oh, nah, he part of the bodega boys. He I be seeing him. Nah, with, I ain't see know. boy on Showtime. He wasn't with DeSouza and Mero. Come on now. He part of the bodega boys. My boy was but, in the bodega wilding. But before we get that, you yeah. know, you go to bodega, you gotta get some bread though. And apparently, well, as a proposal, Joe Biden is trying to give us some extra bread. You want to talk about it, brother? Oh, man? Oh yes, yes. So in this new economic policy that he has, he wants to provide health insurance coverage for ninety-seven percent of Americans in ten years. You also want to forgive student loan debts and make college free for those making up to $125,000. He has not included the number of student debt that he would like to forgive. Um, he also wants to raise minimum wage to $15 an hour and repeal right to work laws, which was a hot commodity on Twitter, by the way. We were going to talk about that. Um, he wants to invest $1.3 trillion in infrastructure over 10 years. He in his first term as president, he wants to spend two trillion dollars on clean energy, and he also wants to expand by America by American policy through government purchasing while using subsides and federal matching incentive to make American products more competitive. I hurt and, my head when you read that. Yeah, and also he wants to raise additional four trillion dollars in tax revenue by increasing top tax rates to thirty nine percent and taxing capital gains. And raising corporate tax to twenty eight percent. So that's just the general gist of that his plans. He, he read straight from the textbook, y'all. You know, hate the kids in class. Come on now. They, I'm gonna read the whole page for my evidence. No, no, just tell me what you think. Give me a nah, line. Nah, give me nah. a line. Just gotta give them the information because you know a lot of people will ask us to you know do a little research or try to try to accommodate to some people. Nah, I feel you, but uh, stimmy, stimmy, ya, stimmy, ya, ya, me. Um, yo, so apparently we about to get fourteen hundred dollars stimmies. On top of the 600, which I ain't gonna fry, I ain't get mine yet. I'm tight. <laughs> H&R Block, hold with me. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I think they should still do more if we if 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 he if he gunning the way he want a gun for us people and all that. I think he. I think that 1400 better be a lot of 1400 in like in the next two or three months as well. Man, because there's no way in hell that other countries have. Provided over ten thousand dollars in aid to its people, and America, being one of the top five countries in the world, have only provided what? How much they provided before twelve hundred? Eighteen hundred. Eighteen so far. There's no reason, and in close to a year of the pandemic, Americans only had eighteen hundred. That's really been a year. That's crazy. Yeah. Why other, other countries have had ten thousand dollars? Denmark gave out like twenty thousand or something like that. One of those countries did. Yeah. Forgive me for not knowing exactly which one. But um, man, just even thinking about the plan. It still has to get passed. Still has to get voted on, right? But it shouldn't be that difficult since they both eh, the house in the Senate. Eh. See, this is the thing. We talked about this in like episode four. You have two different kinds of Democrats. You have moderate mm. Democrats and progressive Democrats. So the moderate Democrats kind of lean more towards the conservative side, meaning that, yes, they are for the people, but they aren't looking for such drastic changes. I think the $1,400 stimulus checks will get passed. Oh, cool. I yeah, think yeah. that they were, especially after the insurrection, a lot of um, public, even Republicans, Voted Especially when they Impeached Donnie too They voted in favor of that So I think you're gonna see A greater emphasis On the American people But You know uh, Tax rates on the rich That's gonna be the first thing That's gonna be You know Extremely Extremely 
controversial. Not saying it's going to be hard to oh, pass. Yeah. And, and, the, and the corporate taxes as well. Corporate tax as well. A lot of businesses say, I'll just take my stuff, my, uh, you know, my business over across to whatever, which is true. And it kind of conflicts with his um, Buy American um, policy and having to make American products more competitive. If That's not going to happen if people are leaving the country, leaving the country to, to outsource their products. And it makes like, I'm not going for it. I, I've told you about this. I've been watching CNBC and Shark Tank like crazy. Like it makes sense. Like yo, I want to make a product for three dollars. I can sell for three hundred dollars. But as a businessman, true. But you also reside here, mm-hmm. and it's like I think as much as we hate taxes, because let's be real, taxes are a pain in the ass. They, but they kill the middle class more so yep. than anything, right? But if you're making, if you were who, um, Elon Musk was, what, he was the richest man in the world, apparently, according to like his last, Tesla's last stock jump, right? Yep. Like even Jeff Bezos, when I find out Amazon have some slick way to not pay taxes, but that's the problem, bro. It's like I think he said it. He's like ninety of the top Fortune five hundred companies don't pay income tax or state uh, federal taxes, and that's the problem because they're generating so much revenue. You have people who com- who's combined wealth. If they were taxed, thirty nine percent would have easily, easily diminished the national deficit, you know. Yeah. Or, or put money in place to spend to to create programs that could, you know, elevate the poor. But I think that's capitalism. Capitalism works in a way where you have to have somebody that's eating and somebody that's being eaten off of. Oh, of course. Pause to, <laughs> to you know, to make it sustainable. And that's the scary part because people are making a lot of money. I'm not saying I'm not telling a billionaire how to spend his bread. But I'm saying that if we're all trying to, you know, live this just system, I'm like, yo, yeah, if you make a fucking $180 billion, you better pay some taxes. Like, what do you need all that money for, to be honest? That's maybe the, maybe I'm I, not there yet. Or I never even, I, I don't understand the mindset. Maybe because I feel like you always want to improve and make more and more. I guess we can even just say that. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm not, I've, 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 Tricking away from saying, what do you need? I'm like, yo, if you feel like you got the bread, that's fine. But remember, you're making money hand over fist. And if you're stock, especially if you're a public company, you're a traded company, you got a chance to make mad bread. But you also have an obligation as an American citizen to pay your share. And I think that's the thing that's the hardest part. Even like a lot of, I think Biden's policies aren't controversial who think about an every, the everyday man. Because it's only like 400 or something billionaires. I, wait, hold on. One thing about that is, there's been a lot of discuss on Twitter about the fifteen dollars. I wanted to get into that after we talked about the plan, but oh, go, go ahead. ahead, let's get it, let's get it go. Because I, I, a lot of people, a lot of average people, y'all hating like motherfuckers, hating on they because they because I I saw this one tweet about this UPS um truck driver. He wasn't it wasn't he wasn't a truck driver, but I guess he was a package handler, and he said like. I was making sixteen hours, a sixteen dollars an hour doing package handling. I'd be damned for someone who's flipping burgers to make fifteen dollars an hour. I'm like, that just shows that we all get not getting paid enough. Facts, and I'm like, yo, do you know that fifteen dollars an hour a year is under thirty five hundred? I mean, thirty five thousand. What, what can you really do in America making under thirty five thousand a year? What can you do in certain cities making under thirty five thousand a year? Come on now, like guy like, hating like, like a mother. It's like thirty one right nine or something like that. I think that's the number that comes out to be. Yeah, and that's like before taxes. So that means after taxes, you're probably only seeing like twenty k, which is like I said, if you're a kid or you know your teen, like that's still barely a living wage. Depending on how you're living, you know whether you got assisted living. Tell you that right now in New York. That's you. If you're not a, if you're not on government assistance and all that other stuff, that ain't helping you with yeah. nothing. You leave you living in a studio apartment with the toilet next to the bed. That's what? how you move. 
But it's not having a studio apartment. You getting your your you know what these people in New York do? They get you a one a one bedroom room and split it up <laughs> just so it can make it two rooms. That's how y'all gonna be living. That's a fact. And it's you know I, I get it because you feel like again it's inherently American to have these selfish thoughts, right? You're mm-hmm. gonna say yo. Big facts. Well, how you? I'm working my. I got a degree and I'm making eighteen dollars an hour. You just you seventeen, eighteen years old. You getting fifteen dollars? And again, it comes calls into question the overall payment scale in the companies that we are working for nowadays. You know, That's right? That's a fact. Because I get it. Like, yo, I got a couple of degrees, and I'm like, yo, I don't feel like I get compensated well for what I do. It is livable. It's passable. I'm happy to have it. But that's just a condition of being alive in this current system. You feel me? And it's always red tape to try to get a degree and get what you paid for. But it's hard. And especially imagine trying to live on $7. How can you quantify how much, how hard a person is working? Regardless if they're flipping burgers or you carrying boxes. Mm-hmm. You can't do that because it's like, yo, this might this person might be immaculate with the spatula and some SpongeBob. Yep. And then also you just got to think about if people have more money and they're not struggling from paycheck to paycheck, they're going to buy more stuff. So it's going to go back into the economy because I, I guarantee you if they have more money and they're not living check by check, then they're going to spend it. That's a fact. I think that's part of the push. It's like, yo, you're working here. I want you to make $15 an hour so you can buy some more goods. Like, yo, PlayStation is coming out. You can go get you one and not worry about mm-hmm. how you want to put food on the table, you know? And also the prices keep going up. Like, the gas is going back to $4. Groceries... Like I'm yo, yo. Side note, all you vegetable selling people out there, y'all be wilding now. Why oh. ginger is going up and lime going up like that? Because you know that's like what people use to make tea and everything. Y'all wilding out here, yo. The Haitian, Bring, the Haitian, and you just came out. Yeah, nah. Because you know I was gonna say who who been doing it, but I want I'm be PC. Y'all wilding with the lime and the ginger prices out here. Lower them down so we can make our tea out here. Shout out to all my Caribbean folks, though. <laughs> Go ahead, drink some tea. It'll be okay. Uh, nah, bro. I 100 feel you, but it's like yo, consumerism and capitalism go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. You need people to buy your goods. Supply and demand. Amazon, Jeff Bezos, know what he's doing now. Why do you think they made so much money? People was in the house bored. Bought in the house, oh, yeah. and they was copying. I mean, I oh, bought. They, they took your yeah, Amazon took my money. I ain't gonna lie. I know black people are gonna look at me crazy, but yo, Amazon they they help, but they hold it down. You getting two days and they, two they, days, three days shipping, and they match me three days shipping. Oh, you poor. You don't got Amazon Prime. Look, no, look. no, two days. <laughs> it's two days for Amazon Prime. Some of my be coming in twenty four hours. This be clutch. Oh yeah, but I'm done. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you poor, bro. I see. Look, I'm a I'm a slave. You see, toxic. Way. You know, bringing down a little black man. You see, <laughs> bitch. The hell up over here, but nah, I feel like this conversation is kind of like it, it. It's exposing financial insecurity, and I think that that's an excellent, another excellent conversation to have mm-hmm. because it's like, yo, I'm never mad at another person's coming. I might be like, damn, I ain't think of that. Why not? You know, or I'm gonna learn how to do it. But excuse me, you know, you are saying, yo, whatever professional career I'm in, I should be making more too. Of course, and. Every like everybody has a skill. All these jobs, these Fortune Five, these billionaires and trillionaires, well, soon to be trillionaires, they can't work without us. So it's like you got, and that's the main thing that they need to understand is, I cannot work without us. Like Jeff Bezos is making millions, but he's paying his his workers pennies. He's paying the minimum wage. He's paying
And it shouldn't. Like, I know you didn't. I know you didn't agree with me discussing what you need the money for. But yo, we gotta really have a conversation about that too. Is like, what do you really need? Like, I'm seeing people with fifty, sixty, seventy, even with him with a trillion dollars. What? Damn, yeah. What he like? Elon Musk got over a hundred trillion dollars. Off, no, off a Tesla off a, uh, off a dream Tesla Can we be say something about Tesla I, like, Yo shout out to the Tesla Oh no I mean billion dollars I'm sorry well, Over a billion dollars I was wilding Tr- I said trillion I mean the billion but dollars he, But either way He's about to be a trillionaire But if Tesla has another jump He's gonna be a trillionaire Yeah but What what are you doing With over Over a hundred and billion dollars Like And you realize I can't even it. fathom What am I purchasing And doing all that with but you see what happened with Bezos. His shorty left him. He gave her a couple, a couple, a couple billion. He's like, yo, all right, I'm about to re-up real quick. He still had billions left. He made more. <laughs> he made more after the divorce. Yeah, and I think that's all. A lot of people did, said that he did that for a reason. He divorced her at that time. So he knows that he was going to have to give half of it away because they didn't have a, um, a prenup or whatnot. And that's why he started making more money than he ever did after the, the divorce. Like, Yo, Smart gonna- man. But shout out to her, though, because she's been do- um, donating a lot of money to HBCUs. Those were shout out to her. 100%. But you see, like, that's a a person that's like, I, I, even if she doesn't necessarily 100% identify with the, the issues in the system, she's mm-hmm. like, yo, I can, I got money. I could offer, you know, something. Or so she can sympathize with what's happening. A lot of times it's just somebody, people don't really give a fuck, yeah. but they sympathize with the play and they want to, you know, figure out how they can help. And that's what you really want. But in terms of these billionaires and trillionaires, like, yo, it's a lot of, I think that Biden said in his speech, he was like, I'm trying to get rid of tax loopholes. I'm trying to, you know, find ways. Just the whole business is accountable. Because then when you think about that, 39% on a million dollars, what, 390000 Thirty nine percent, yes, three hundred thousand, right? So that means every million that somebody's making, you taking a third of that, and you putting that back into the economy for whatever needs to be done. How does that hurt the American? It might hurt your pockets. You might be upset. Maybe they find some tax breaks that they you get your tax bracket down to twenty eight percent or something like that. But holding people accountable, especially these multi billionaires. Maybe I'm speaking from a common man perspective, but oh, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I get it. Like, yo, they said that they were going to raise my tax bracket. It'll be like, yo, your floor right now, you got to pay an extra 3%. I might be upset. I mean, that too. I understand because I, I could see myself, if I made two, if I made $2 million, all right, and then only thing I got to see from that $2 million is probably like, what, a million? You say if it was 39, so let's say 40, let's say it's 400,000. So you made 2 million, you're losing 800,000, you still got 1.2. But then I, I I guess I and then we got to discuss pride and ego because then I'd be like, damn, why am I one point two when I could have had like one point five, one point seven so if I could have had, had one point nine five. <laughs> yeah, I could have one point nine five if I just moved it around, but then, and, and really enjoy what I've made. So I so it's just being more selfless than selfish. One hundred percent. But it's like you can't say America is going and needs help. Or you know you want to donate to the causes you want, but you're not paying. You know you're not paying for it. So I get it. And then like I said, STEMI's coming around. I agree with you. We should see more more stimulus checks. That our countries are giving more. America operates in a situation. It's like a business for, for the most part, where it's like, yo, we're on the spending deficit. We're spending more money than we have to make. When money is a made up concept, that's just another. That was my that's my that's my that's my My fault. Come on now, you about to get us on us. <laughs> you about to get them on us. Nah, but you know. It's like we're spending more money than we have, so where do we stop? Meanwhile, we're spending billions on defense, which is absurd. Yeah, but we'll get to that another day. All right. But minimum wage, Biden's plan, I mean, he's going to have a, not difficult, but it's going to be a slight challenge to get it passed, but I hope that it does get passed in a majority of his current forms because 
a lot of people need help. And if they could do this, they can really do a lot in their first two years because I know there's going to be re-elections and everything. If they, if they put all their pettiness aside and really think of the American people, we have the House, we have the Senate, we have Joe Biden who really wants to make changes. He has other influential people next to him. A lot of American issues can be solved in the first two years of his term if people are willing to let that happen. If people don't let lobbyists get to their heads, they don't get these big corporations stopping them. If we really sit down and buckle down, we can really see a great change in the next couple of years in America. But we would just have to wait to we gotta, see. We gotta wait and see, like you said, man. But yo, I, I, I know I've been tough on Biden. I've been tough on them. I've been tough on everybody. But I'm <laughs> tough on Obama too. And Obama not even in office. <laughs> uh, I'm tough on Obama for different reasons. The symbol versus the, the actual output. But that's another story. But you know what? I am. I'm liking that he's practicing what he's preaching. Hopefully, them student loans go through because I, I know I've read somebody's like 10 G's. I'll take 10 G's off, but I would really like if you forgave <laughs> up to like 50. Oh, I don't got 50, shit. but I'm just saying I know people with like hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah, alone. And student loans is probably one of the greatest cripplers of financial independence because no matter what, just that's an extra bill you're paying every month. Yep. And that allows that stop people from purchasing houses and purchasing other things. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, maybe I have to talk to somebody who is like a specialist in, in the economy and stuff like that, in finances, but. I would think you would want to have Americans to have more money in their pockets to spend more. That's just me. Maybe I'm just not too knowledgeable on things and maybe having them be in debt and paying bills that could be beneficial as well. But I would say if Americans, I know if I know Americans, if they have more money in their pockets, they're going to buy more stuff. If they had not even more money in their pocket, they have less things to worry about. Yeah. You take away that stress of like, damn, I got to pay this bill. I got, I got to put food on the table. Especially but you, you know what? If they have less things to worry about, then they'll start paying attention to the government more. Mm, and maybe that's what they don't want to us to be distracted. Excellent point, Peter Griffin. Oh. All right. So before we get ready for our first break of the evening and get into a little bit more lighthearted stuff, we do want to talk about Mr. Andrew Yang, who has announced his candidacy for New York City mayor. Mm -hmm. He actually dropped a video earlier this week about him. I guess I don't know. If this, I guess it was like his first real like ad. <laughs> he uh, basically was talking about his support for New York both days. So All right. Cue me up. Breakfast, breakfast the champions, some green cheese, a banana. How you doing, bro? A banana, pretty healthy. Everyone, you got a... I'll buy the whole whistle. New York City relies upon its 14,000 bodegas so much. I love bodegas. And we got to make sure that they continue to stay open and do their thing. New York City, support your local bodegas. Can you imagine a, a New York City without bodegas? I can't imagine it. Let's not have to. All right, see you soon. That sounded so half-assed. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> we, could tell, you could tell he'd never been to East New York. <laughs> I, Twitter was actually in an uproar over this because they kind of felt as though, like, yo, it's not a bodega. And I felt the same way. I was like, yo, that's a deli. We kind of had discussion. You like, oh, there's bodegas like that. And, and, yeah, man. there's bodegas. If you, if for shout out to all my Midtown, you know, and Low East Side people, if you go to some bodegas in Manhattan, they, they look like that. They're upscale. Upscale, 
and you know, shout to the shout to stage forty eight. You know, little the little bodegas over there. They saved a the brother's life a couple of times. Is that way you passed out? Never Come mind. on, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't expose <laughs> me like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, they look like that in certain areas. Um, I, I I get that. I just felt like you know I took ownership. Like everybody know they got the corner store down the block from their house where they go to see Poppy and and they go get their bacon egg and cheese or they social egg and cheese or you know they chicken cutlet or you know chopped cheese. Chopped mm-hmm. cheese. That's the that's a recent phenomenon, but amazing. And it's just like yo, Andrew ain't going. Like I don't know who he's who he's catering to, and I I felt like he wanted to get like the youthful vote or the my like, my you know minorities. The, the corner store is a is a bodega is a, is a that's a staple Yeah you need that In the hood Like yo you Remember your mom's Gave you a little extra dough At school Get you a snack You ain't going to McDonald's You either went to The Chinese food store Or you went to The corner store Oatmeal pies um, What you gonna call it remember Yo t- 25th spot Send bag of chips Yeah Yo I Remember $2 Was a whole meal Back in the days Like Get you four bags of chips A 50 cent honey bun With the 50 cent bummies Oh, the bummy! Remember, you you couldn't let none of your OG see you with a bummy because they was about to flame you. Oh yeah, you know, remember, remember back then people thought now the bummies do, now, now killed your sperm. And yeah. the bummies they had yellow five. Remember yellow five? Yo, people used to think that was guys' um, birth control. I ain't going for it. I definitely, <laughs> I drink my joint and I made sure I went home to work with nobody that knew me. <laughs> I risked taking an ass whooping so no one could take me. Because remember, it was a like yo you. Which one was cooler? Was it was it the CC's or Tropical Fantasy? It depends. Tropical Fantasies have had the better flavors, but CC's always tasted better. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that brought me back. But no, nah, I mean, I get it. I I felt like for his first like political, um, I guess message or what have you. I thought like yo, it was a lot of pandering. Like, I get it. Like yo, you coming in the Blasio doesn't have the best approval rate. People were very frustrated, and I, I say you know he also was mayor during the pandemic, so I was like damned if you do, damned if you don't. But not really the Blasio fan though. Just to throw that out there. Oh yeah, but well, I, I think I think um, that was part of his campaign um, message. He was he was basically saying he's for the people. And I think he's just continuing that, but continue it on a New York City level. So I mean, he I I know he knows that everybody, white, black, Spanish, Arab, brown, whatever, goes to these bodegas, delis. So yeah. I think that's what he's continuing his message because that was his message throughout his whole little presidency run. Is he's for the people? He's trying to do stuff for the people. No, hundred percent. I think his, his message is good. I just felt like the delivery, the execution was a bit, a oh, bit yeah. ninety nine cent stories. Shout out to ninety nine cent stores out there too. You know, five but blows. um. I think this new, for New York City especially, this is going to be a big election because it's just like yo, no matter what, De Blasio can't run again. So we're getting a we're getting new leadership, but you yeah. know you're also coming from De Blasio, the Bloomberg administration, the Giuliani administration. Seeing Giuliani show his ass up as he has currently, oh kind, yeah, we're we're looking more directly into our government elected officials. So I think this election is going to be great. Like we have like what six or seven candidates already. Yeah, I'm shout out to Eric Adams, the Brooklyn borough president, you know. Yeah, Eric Adams is running, right? Yeah, he's running. Um, you know, he he's a tough guy. I met him a few times, you know, so I don't want to sit here and actively support him, you know, even though they're a little biased. But um shout out to him though and shout out to all everybody. I just want the person to be to be honest, and I I know we didn't put um De Blasio as a topic But My biggest problem With De Blasio Is he tries to play Both sides And it end up Biting him in his ass And I'm not saying I want somebody Completely on one side Cause you know You gotta To be the mayor You, you gotta have represent to, Both sides You gotta yeah. represent Your people But I hope If that person That does have it Does a better job Than De Blasio 
But yeah, that's just me though. Not hundred percent. I think, especially like I said, like in the last two years or so, I paid so much more attention than I think at any point in my life to political workings and how the world around me is going. I think that we're in a position where we need leadership that is going to best serve the interest of the collective and not just one side or the other. You know, mm. we, we've had the strict, I won't say uh, tyrannical reign of Julian, but you know, he had, he was stopping frisk aficionado. He wanted the boys out there doing us dirty. Right. You have Mike Bloomberg who made so much money for the city, but you can also argue that he was a tad bit out of touch with the people. You know, he ran to like a business. You had de Blasio who was kind of pandering again to both sides. And it's like, yo, you can't really, you can't please everybody, but you can do what's best for everybody. So now hopefully in 2021, we get a new mayor who's going to be able to deliver, you know, on a, a, a consistent front for all people. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. So what you think? You want to take a break and come back and talk about some more fun stuff? Yeah. Got some sports news. You know, say, Brooklyn talk, Nets. Don't, don't be one of those people. We're going to talk about the Nets and the COVID outbreak in the NBA. We're going to talk about some music. Shout out to Drake. We have happy birthday, Aaliyah. Happy birthday, Muhammad Ali. Happy birthday, D-Wade. We're also going to talk about the, the potential downfalls of TikTok, speaking specifically about Pop Hunter and the Busted Challenge. Corvette, and, Corvette. And we also got a little toxic topic of the week. I'm just going to tell y'all what it is. No, I'm not going to tell you. We're going to wait till we get there. All right? So remember, it's your boy Slick. Your boy Be Breezy. And we'll be right back with you. I never met a girl, no, no, who satisfied my mental and my physical thing. Oh, shit. I'm supposed to be my fault, y'all. I just, I be singing sometimes. I just get in my bag and hear the music, and I don't know how to act. The music just pops to my head. I have musical Tourette's and shit. You feel me? And I just blurt shit out. This is what happens on my Dreaded Mom podcast. That's me. Rakeem Wayne, the host of My Dreaded Mind Podcast. You should check that shit out. That shit is full of crazy shit. Like, I be singing on there. I be freestyling on there. I be talking about real life shit on there and conspiracy theories. But y'all should check that shit out. My Dreaded Mind Podcast is on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's on Sounder FM. Dope-ass podcast. Check it out. It's your boy, Rakeem Wayne. Holla at me. Don't get me started. This is a function, not a party. I'm busting my mood. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, now nah, I didn't know you guys were here. Uh, my name is Brian Ellis. I'm the host of Get Your Own Opinion Podcast. It's a podcast about the zeitgeist, about the culture. You know, I'm talking a little sports, talk a little tech, talk a little romance, talk about shows I'm watching. I talk about a lot of things that you might be interested in. I hope you are interested in. And if you want, you can come take a listen. I'm on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Podcast. I didn't know about that one until they just hit me up uh, yesterday. But also, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing my thing. I want to get as many listeners as possible. And even if you don't enjoy it, you could pass me along to your friends. They might enjoy it. And if you want to respond to the show, hit me up on Twitter, RT Black Superman or Instagram, which is G-Y-O-O pod. But if you really want to contribute, you listen to a couple episodes and like, I've started a Patreon where you can help pay for equipment around the studio. You know what I'm saying? You become a member, you get backstage things. I'm going to start giving out merch to my Patreon uh, subscribers. You know what I'm saying? So it's patreon.com slash G-Y-O pod. And I appreciate y'all listening. But it's time for you to get your own opinion. Welcome back. You know, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of This Might Not Go Well podcast. And we got an interesting topic to talk about, you know. Shout out to Brooklyn Nets. You know, we just got James Harden, you know. 
Bow, you know. We oh, you speak French now. That's crazy. Uh, no, don't do you that. A Brooklyn Nets fan? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm rooting for the Lakers. Lakers in five. I'm about to, <laughs> I'm about to say. I got receipts. You are. but I'm I'm a Brooklyn dude at heart. So any any good news that happens to Brooklyn, I'm a rap. You this Brooklyn me? Nets team don't represent the real Brooklyn. I know. I know. But you know, we got three. We got three. We got a big three now. So yeah, let us rock. This is gentrified Brooklyn. This is what downtown Brooklyn used to look like. I remember. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Talk, talk real quick, cause I got, I got, I got to do something for us Brooklyn heads out here. Real quick. Whatever. I mean, no. So there was you guys living under a rock. The Brooklyn Nets just acquired the one of the top, you say, seven NBA players currently in James Harden. They sent out Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, and their next is what seven draft picks mm-hmm. plus an extra pick. So, yo, championship or bust? Championship or bust? Ch- uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a bust this year. You think so? I mean, I don't. I, I saw them yesterday without Kyrie and it looked scary. Like that boy Harden was playing the facilitation role. And I I was kind of just like how easy he made the game for KD. KD had mm-hmm. he had an easy 42, right? Easy 42. A mm-hmm. triple dub for James Harden. It's like, dang, you got it's like you how what do you do? Do you tell Joe Harris to be a shoe? Do you just leave DeAndre Jordan wide open underneath the basket? Like what do you do? I don't but the thing about it is Defensively um, they ass. Ass cause Orlando was right there on their hills with the score. They only beat them by seven points. It was tied for most of the fourth quarter. You're right. But I think also you got to kind of look at it like that was their first game. And there's still time to get better players. They're versatile. Mm-hmm. Meaning they could put out, if they throw Jeff Green out there, they running five guys that can score, that can shoot, that can pass. Defensively, like I said, I don't know. I think we've seen teams come together in the offseason and struggle to get to get it together. So um early season trade where it's kind of And we still don't know the status on Kyrie. He's supposed to play tomorrow. He's questionable for tomorrow. So that means if Lonsey passes COVID test, he should be able to play against the Bucks, which is going to be a marquee matchup tomorrow. Cause how have the Bucks been doing well? Oh, uh, they're winning majority. I think they're like what second in the East right now, possibly. I gotta check on that. But Giannis is trying to hit the three. He just went one and ten from the free throw line the other day, oh, which is God. crazy. <laughs> like how you MVP? Never mind. But uh I don't know, man. I think Brooklyn, looking at the state of the East, at the playoffs were to start next week, I would say it's going to be Brooklyn versus uh, Milwaukee in the conference finals Cause uh-huh. just because of Philly's injuries and COVID has, run them, has destroyed their roster right now. But it's going to be, it'd probably be uh, Brooklyn versus either Milwaukee or Philly in, in, in the conference finals. Out West, Lakers looking crazy. Yo, Lakers... They ain't another big they, man though. They, yeah, but they're dangerous. Like, they're just playing around with these teams. Like, they let them, like, the first half, they just played them, or like, they just gladly gag. And that second half, they just turn on a new gear and they start playing some smooth basketball and start really beating these teams by over 10 points or more. And I'm just like, oh, this is scary right here. They really build up a new chemistry with this team that they have right now, which is kind of like, I see a repeat. I don't want to jinx them though, but I see a repeat in the future if they continue playing like this and getting better. I think in the West you got to deal with uh, more so like matchups, right? Because the Clippers are probably the team that's built to beat them the best. You got the wing defenders that throw at LeBron. Surge is a good player. They can play Surge and and um Zubac together. You know they, mm-hmm. they don't have nothing for AD, but they have enough to be like, yo, I can make it a little difficult, right? They still need a playmaker. They don't have a point guard that's going to get. But the you order. know my, you know the biggest thing about the Clippers are. They built the team to face the Lakers in the playoffs. And it got smoked by a non-Lakers team? Yeah, but the thing about it is against non-Lakers team, they're not really that great against. And they don't really have too much answers for non-Lakers team. So I'm like, that's all and good, but 
are you going to even have the chance to even meet the Lakers in the playoffs to even execute? That's a fact. That's a fact. Lakers, like they, they understand they're going to play for that number one seed because they don't want to travel as much. They want to yeah, make sure. Because I'm try. like, yo, last year the Clippers should have lost to the Mavs. If if um, what you gonna call it? If the unicorn was still was was allowed to play, they would have lost in the first round. Looks like it, right? So I'm just saying. I understand y'all built this team for the Lakers, but are y'all even going to have a chance to even face the Lakers in the playoffs? That's a fact. That's a fact. But speaking on the trade, sorry to cut you. I think this was a better trade for everybody that was involved. Really? I think if Victor Oladipo really wants a, a good team, he should stay with the Rockets, even though he's on an expiring contract and he probably won't get the money that he's looking for. But John Wall, Victor Oladipo, DeMarcus Cousin, and Christian Woods, that's a decent squad in the West. It's a decent squad two years ago. But I'm saying they all, obviously they're not going to do nothing this year. Like this year is trash for them. But if they stay together, they have a formidable group. Pacers are going to do well with Levert and the Cavaliers I don't know Cavaliers have too many big men to be honest with you I heard they trying to trade JaVale that's what they're saying online they're trying to get rid of him now Yo, I think they're going to get rid of Drummond Drummond's going to they going Boston's probably going to grab Drummond they need, yeah, they need big men I think if anything JaVale come back to the Lakers if the Lakers can trade for JaVale or buy him out or something the Lakers like that Lakers can't buy him out what would have to happen for JaVale is that he would have to get bought out or traded mm-hmm. the, by to another team. They would have to buy him out or they could trade him back to the Lakers. Now, if, if he could come back to the Lakers, oh, repeat. Oh, yeah, because then you got repeat. that you got that, that live threat, that athletic guy. Oh, yeah, repeat. If Dwight repeat. didn't leave, they would have been fine. If Dwight didn't leave, he yeah. didn't that whole shit. But JaVel, if JaVel come back to the Lakers, repeat. I No, I don't care. Lakers, you could put James Harden, Olive Garden. James Garden. Garden of Eve, Lakers in five. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just saying. The Lakers, they got all that depth, but the, Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harold, the, the numbers show that when LeBron's on the court, they still play like a, a bottom-tier NBA team regardless. So I think they got to figure that out. I don't know if they need to get Montrezl's been doing good, though. They've been putting up numbers, but if you look at like the uh, the advanced stats, it's showing that they're probably neck and neck or losing points when they're out there. With, when they're, any Lakers um, like uh, five-man squad is out there without LeBron. So it's but, that's just so LeBron is the GOAT. It does. You know. It does. I'm just saying. So, I mean, you get to the playoffs, it's like, yo, I want LeBron to rest, or I need somebody else to step up. You got guys that can put the ball in the bucket, but it's like, yo, what's happening that, you know, right now when y'all can't really establish it? It might be a chemistry thing. Yeah. But but you know LeBron in the playoffs is not going to rest at all. LeBron's going to try to play all 42 minutes and all that. I mean, honestly, looking right now, we might not have a playoffs because the the coronavirus been running rampant in the league mm, right speak now. Speak on it. They should. They I think they canceled like ten games this week, which is crazy. Like just yeah, off Phoenix of, Suns, Phoenix Suns, Philly, Washington. Uh, I think the Philly and Thunder game today got canceled because they just didn't have eight guys. It was crazy. Miami just got banned back after missing so many players. Like it's it's. Wow, they actually reintroduced new COVID sanctions where like guys can't even dap each other up after the game, which is stupid because like I could play and sweat next to you and yeah. breathe on you the whole game. I can't be in the up. same area. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but if I dap you up, oh, that's when I got COVID. <laughs> nah. So I know a lot of players were mad about this, but it kind of calls into question like trying to move things along as as normal, like usual business. Is that really the best way to maneuver COVID? I know players weren't going to do another a, a full regular season bubble. But even they did like small bubbles, like with your division, like you just played all your games against the other division, and you, uh, the, the fifth team in the division had like a day off or something. Like, 
because people are getting sick, and this is I, real. Cat just got it. Yeah, you know, prayers for Cat because he lost COVID, seven people. Yeah, and his COVID, mom, and yeah. his moms. COVID has, yeah. I just, my, I give my best regards to him, but I'm gonna go in a little more radical standpoint. Is yo NBA players? Y'all did not want a lot of bubble because a lot of y'all had mental issues during the bubble and y'all didn't like how the bubble was going to act. Cool copy. Y'all have one rule is to follow the protocol and play the games. Treat this like, I understand this is, this is a job at the end of the day. And y'all ask for something different than the bubble. Even though it's shown that being in the bubble has been 100% effective, nobody got a positive test being in a bubble y'all did not want that cause y'all want to be with y'all families and all the other stuff oh no not the families <laughs> yeah but yo y'all what, like if I'm a business person I'm gonna be upset cause I'm like yo what do y'all want y'all y'all don't want the bubble but y'all y'all, y'all still going out you had James Harden in, in the strip club and all that other stuff beginning of the season and y'all have COVID cases and then yeah, yeah, we canceling games, not making money. And then what you was talking about for next year, the bargaining mm-hmm. agreement, speak on that more. Oh, so basically the only reason, like the NBA season was supposed to start tomorrow, actually. That was the initial thought. Like, all right, we finished the season in October. We'll get started January. Martin Luther King Day will launch and try to rush or push through till the end of the season so they, can, so they don't conflict with the Olympics, right? So it's going to be over in June, Olympics in July, business as usual. Regular season starts again in October for the next season. Now they started early because they lost, I believe, what was it, two trillion dollars or two billion dollars last mm-hmm. year in revenue, one point five billion dollars in revenue, and the players for the CBA next this offseason, the players or the the owners can actually agree to throw out the collective bargaining agreement. And what you guys don't know, that just means the CBA is basically the document that says that yo players get fifty one percent of revenue, owners get forty nine percent of the split. You know, it kind of stipulates what max contracts can be, what the salary cap is, da da da. So it's all the financial documents that are outlined for the players and the owners, right? Owners losing money. And games not being played means that you don't see any more $50 million contracts, meaning that James Harden turned down $50 million extension from Houston. We might even see 40 or $35 million contracts in the next CBA. Yep. So the players saying they don't want the bubble. We want to continue to play. We want the opportunity to you know keep going. That means the league is not going to shut down right now, with even with their protocols and their issues, because the players know that if they cancel the season or pause the season or the season doesn't get to go on as such, they're going to lose a lot of more money. I mean, the owners are going to lose the immediate income, but they're going to who's going to get hit first? The players. Of I mean, course. So that means like LeBron and AD, they re up this year for max deals. Could they have waited and hope the CBA gets torn up and gets them more money? Yeah, but the way that we're looking now, it means that hey, I'm not giving you forty million dollars when I just lost four hundred million dollars. I can't justify that. When 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 do fans come back into the stadium? Right. What if we pause the season? So. I was thinking a lot of people are saying NBA should pause, NBA should take a little break, but there's a lot of money involved that the players don't want to lose. I'm not sure the owners wouldn't mind necessarily because it's like, okay, I'm taking a hit now, but now I could pay a guy like Steph Curry who's right now getting what, $40 million, $42 million, right? Yep. And I know his value is so much more. I'm If he opts out of his contract, I could pay him $30 million and be like, yo, this is all we can do right now. I'm paying you below market value, whatever the market was. So we're in a position now where players are kind of like, yo, damn if I do, damn if I don't. If I don't play, if he pulls season, I'm not getting game checks. Yep. Or if I do play, I'm getting COVID. 
And if the season stops and on my own accord, off my on not my accord, right? Now the owners can say, yo, y'all making too much money right now. We don't have it. So on $40, $50 million deals, gone. We back to the 27, 28, which is still a lot of money. But when you was expecting to make 40, 50, it's like, damn. Yeah, you don't and I know everybody doesn't like a reduce uh, like a reduction on their money. So that's what I'm saying. Like players do better with the protocols. I don't understand why a lot of these players are catching COVID. I don't understand what's the issue here. Like, what's going on? Are y'all not following the protocols? Are your family members not following protocols? I, 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 I don't see the correlation because I'm just like, technically, you, you're not you're only supposed to be with your family and then be with the team until the season is over. And this is a shorter season. And like, you're staying in the same city playing back-to-back. Like, I, like I said, I'm not going to manage no man's time. But I No, we say. got to. No, 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 no. If I'm paying somebody $40 as owner, million. Dollars, as an owner, yeah. But I'm saying, like, as a general fan, I'm not going to manage nobody's time. But as an owner, I'm like, yo, you want this money. You want to keep making this money. Stay your ass home. But yeah. it's like, it's not all teams. It's like, yo, some teams have their, like, teams are in their cities are allowed to make their own rules. So you're seeing teams like, let's use the Knicks, for example. Like, Knicks haven't had a COVID case yet. And New York City is one of the hotspots, right? Mm-hmm. Lakers, California, one of the hotspots. I don't think any California team has had a major issue yet. Not Golden State, not Sacramento, not the Clippers. But then you have Houston. You, you got had, the, you had Houston with a major issue. You had Minnesota with a major issue. You have Washington, Miami. So it, there is a miss, something going on right now, you know? So I really hope that the players can get it together. I really hope that people are taking COVID protocol seriously. Like, yo, wear your mask. Especially you get, if you're paying me. Thirty million dollars, you better believe I'm going home. Like I understand, and that. for shorter, yeah, you you because it's supposed to be from October. I mean, probably maybe they start in September, like training camp. Training camps are in September. You normally so, run in September to June if you're in the finals, or September to April at yeah. the minimum. So right now, some of you teams that are not making the playoffs, y'all going to be finishing a couple of months, and you're going to make your whole year salary. They did. They took like ten percent or something like that. Ten percent. Yo, suck it up and get through the season. Yo, stop, stop. Catching COVID and be careful who you around. One hundred percent, like yo, you got you rich. Hire somebody to go get your groceries, or you know, and then tell your family members because I was probably thinking that's where they're getting it a lot is from their family members interacting with other family members in the public. Like yo, talk to your family members and under, make them understand. Like yo, you bring being around me and you going interacting with other folks or bring COVID back and you messing up bread. Not only for us, but for other family, uh, uh, other NBA families. That is a big fact. But um, yo, back to Brooklyn, man. Congratulations on that trade, Knicks. We got we coming soon, Knicks. I know. Come on now, we just blew it out the Celtics. Come on, Knicks. Now. Knicks take. Wait, wait. This is not season to win games, Knicks. So let's make sure get win like thirty four games. Get like a top four or five pick. Julius Randle's not trying to hear that. We trying to win games. Julius right Randle's not going to be here in two years, so it's okay. <laughs> but we trying to win game. Nick Tate, baby, we need something exciting in New York. We are going to get a top five pick. That's what I'm calling. The Knicks is going to have a top five pick in the draft next year and still be able to maintain all these players on the roster right now. It's lit, and they might even get a decent free agent. Might get a shooter. Who knows? That's what they need. They need a, dirt, a certified sniper. Oh yeah. You know what I'm calling it? I'm putting it in yeah. If Kawhi Leonard leaves the Clippers, he's going to the Knicks. Knock on wood, it's coming. If Kawhi Leonard decides to leave the Clippers, he's coming to the Knicks. I'm calling it. Yeah, I suggest you put that drink down because you fucking out right now. Kawhi leaves and he go. He go. If he go, I'm telling you. Why would he leave his home state? Because he don't like the organization. To come to the Knicks, you forgot the Knicks was on his list when he wanted to be a free agent when he wanted to get traded for media central for a person who doesn't like to talk to media. Yo, I ain't say how it's gonna happen. 
All I said was that if Kawhi decides, meaning Clippers still got first shit, but if Kawhi decides, yo, fuck this shit, I'm out. Everybody gonna be in orange and blue. I'm yo, you know what? I'm 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 gonna support you because I, I'm a Knicks fan. And if that, say, what, you, what do you have to lose by saying yo, I agree? Let's hope it happens. Yeah, uh, you know what? That's what I, I agree. Anyways, we gonna transition before he get me tight because I have been drinking because it ain't no work <laughs> tomorrow. But uh, yo, happy birthday to Aaliyah again. Princess R&B Oh yes Happy birthday Aaliyah. Can't play no music Cause you know They really sue with her Steve. Oh yeah They don't play They don't play with her But um, her stu- her, apparently her music Is coming on streaming platforms Very shortly Do you think that like I know this was like A big trend to stop on Twitter Like do you feel like That's kind of impacted Her legacy amongst like Younger uh, listeners Oh yeah Cause I feel like Cause we, t- we get it People in our age bracket And Ola Understand The legend of Aaliyah And how she could have been Even more Impactful into the culture but you can't ask none of these 20 or younger people about Aaliyah and they will have the same revere that we have for her. Like, like you know how all this young generation love Beyonce and think Beyonce is like number one, even though she is, don't, about Jay-Z, don't get at us. We, Jay-Z, we love. Beehive, remember? Beehive, yeah. But they have to understand that uh, Aaliyah was that person before Beyonce. Like, to be honest with you, and this has been a common little debate, if Aaliyah was still around, Beyonce would have been she might have been packed up. She might been have been packed up and wouldn't have been that big of a star that she is now. She would have had Aaliyah competition. Yeah, there's not much competition. Like Beyonce probably gets challenged by artists no longer than a year or two, and then it's like, yo, Beyonce longevity wins out. Her talent, like dancing and singing in heels and all that, you're not topping it. Or, or, or you place those people that was challenging her in a different bracket. Like I know Rihanna was there as a challenger as a little bit, but then they just made her her own entity out. All, her own legend by herself Yeah and that's the thing too We gotta stop putting Female artists against each other Like there's room for everybody to eat Yeah But um Yeah man I feel the same way I feel like you know This idea about um Just like you know The kids not knowing Being able to experience Leader it, it hurts Cause it's like yo We knew growing up We knew more than what, Her videos was popping Singles was popping Her, her style she Like was, yo You had a lot of girls Dressing tomboyish mm-hmm. But they was looking good Dressing tomboyish Yeah yeah It's about to say Some, some of them Oh not all of them but, <laughs> but nah So I think Yo streaming has really Opened up the world It's like you could really Hear, hear any song And you don't, It's like you don't have to Pay for a CD anymore Back then it's like yo If it wasn't for like BT or MTV You had to go out And get a CD Or hope they played A record on the radio Now you could play a song At any point Uh huh. So Aaliyah having but I think it's only like probably, I think AJ and nothing But the number is like the only album that was really on streaming platforms. If I'm, I might be wrong, but I know. That, and it's like you had like sporadic. You had her, her, um, what's it called? Her Isley Brothers cover that was on. It was her, um, any joint she did for a soundtrack. They yeah, was out. There. You have to go like YouTube and yeah. watch. Even her. YouTube, they take it down. Like you probably get a, a couple of joints on the channel. But yeah, you know, they, you, they really, they her family in the state are really on it. Yeah, but they said they're bringing it out in 2021. So hopefully she gets the publicity that she deserves in this, for this modern era. She gets the publicity from our era. But, you know, the kids got to know how popping Aaliyah was. Right? And then speaking about streaming music, it, it, we said it last week. It's Drake season. Drizzy season. Apparently over the weekend, there was some leaks. Somebody, People said that the the album for Certified Little Boy leaked. I, I, I ain't listened to it, but I did see some links. Going I, I listened to it. And it was mostly songs that were leaked <laughs> prior and in, in, in 2020 Like Vital And a little song That he had with um, Roddy Rich And I don't think That was the real album leak I don't think Drake Would have done that I think Drake Pays attention to the culture A lot So he knows when Certain songs are leaked And even though This album This little fake leak album Was great 
I actually really like it. If this, if he told me this was like side A of Certified Lover Boy, I'll be okay with it, to be honest with you. But from just hearing the album and hearing hearing the song selection, I could already tell like this is not cohesive, and this is definitely not a Drake album. Uh, official Drake album is just a, co- uh, a compilation of songs, and maybe, and I and I hear he's been having trouble with some of the music and whatnot. So maybe he might, maybe this little album leak was sort of like an EP, like a sort of a care package part two that he gave to the public to wait on Certified Lover Boy because I know a lot of people are waiting, like waiting on Certified Lover Boy, like the views. Hundred percent, that could definitely be a move. I just feel like you know, it's, in this age, I feel like. This is the first time I've really seen like crazy leaks for a major artist. Like, you don't really get too many leaks anymore. I remember back in the day, the album like they used to be like the album would drop on Tuesday or but it would drop on like Sunday somewhere in another country. So you had the album early if you really wanted to like listen yeah. to it. But I haven't really seen that happen in the streaming era because like yo, once the song leaks, they just put it out. They give you. The, I remember like I think the last song that was a crazy hit that leaked was for me. Um, no guidance. I remember I was out and somebody said like, yo, no guidance. So I'm like, what? The Drake and Chris Brown song? And I heard it. I was like, is this really it? And then like. Two days later, it was out and it was crazy. But my thing is, how are these albums and records being leaked? Like, what's going on? With like, how is people getting in in contact with these songs to be even released to public like that? Like, I would I would think Drake, when Drake probably sends people music or send his album, like it'll be like in a top compressed zip file, some shit like that where not a lot of people have access to until it's time to release. So I don't understand. And I know a lot of people use the leak stuff as a promotional skill. So that's what's scaring me about this. I'm just like, how are these albums being leaked and everything? Oh no. I mean normally like you said, it's like it's a somebody gets their hands on a hard drive or like maybe it's a song that's being sent around for a feature or something and somebody leaks it like a lot can go wrong, but I feel like, like you said, Drake has been notorious in like dropping the unfinished. Remember, even think about the Thame later, Miss Me. How many versions of Miss Me leaked before we got the final version? Oh, yeah. So it's like, even if these are these are our certified level by records, they probably aren't the finalized joints. So that's why I'm kind of like, oh, all right, I want to wait to you know get an official date. So you know, the end of January is approaching. He promised in January. So come on now, I need to drop these caption, Drake. Come on, bless the streets real quick. But it's coming soon. I hope. Now, speaking of Drake, remember he started off co- the uh, quarantine with Tuzi Sly, you know, got another number one. And he kind of made it off of the, with the TikTok craze. And TikTok has been a powerful tool for musicians nowadays. Yes. Nowadays, it's like, yo, you don't have to have number one billboard or something. But if you got something catchy on TikTok, you might be getting a bag. You're getting high level features. You're getting, think about uh, the Busted Challenge, the Erica Banks record. That joint going crazy right now. For what? Man. Yo. I ain't going front Every time it, Yo I was on TikTok Bust it Bust it Now I'm on Instagram It's the same thing I'm like Yeah the reels Instagram really be stealing Everybody out there <laughs> <laughs> Side note But now I was in the car My mom was going to the grocery store bro And I just kept swiping through And kept hearing hot in here My mom was like Why you keep playing that Nelly song I was like I'm not trying to play it It's just here <laughs> like, yeah. But it's everywhere I seen like Gabrielle Union did it um, Who else famous did it Couple people, I put a lot of famous people on it now, but then like all the social media, sweetie, sweetie. yeah. I mean, I enjoy it and I love you, ladies, because you know, this giving you an opportunity to dress up and wear some fits that you know, y'all didn't get to wear in 2020. And I enjoy some of the ass shaking, but I mean, I'm over it. Like, y'all got one more week before I start blocking y'all. <laughs> but you know how <laughs> things go, they start on Twitter or or um TikTok, then they go to Instagram. So it still gotta go to Facebook. <laughs> so once they, after the Facebook phase, it should be over. Yeah, hopefully. But um speaking of TikTok, you know, Corvette Corvette 
Oh, wait, 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 wait. We got to talk about Pop 100, right? Corvette, Corvette. All right, cue me up, DJ. Before anybody knows, Pop 100 is the, is the artist behind this famous song. Corvette, Corvette, hop in a motherfucking jet like jet. Him and then him and that like that. They were like, Pop, why you all like that? Why you talk like that? Why you all like that? It's La Uzi Vert. Yeah, so I wanted to bring this topic up because you know this been a this been around for a couple months is this snitching claims on Pop Hunted and how he's being received from the industry. So as many I don't know is um when Pop Hunter was around 13, 14, one of his best friends got killed in front of him. And it was you know, his brother, I think, actually. His brother. Um, so he there's paperwork of him identifying the shooter and identifying the scene. So a lot of the industry rappers are not messing with him because he, quote unquote, broke the street code. And even little Uzi Vert, there's a leaked conversation, a, a screenshot conversation of Uzi Vert talk, talking about taking him off the remix because he doesn't condone what he has done and there's been a lot of debate among street dudes and industry dudes about this topic now my thing about this topic is I agree with the street dudes and I agree with Lil Uzi Vert not because he snitched because his friend got killed or his brother got killed in front of him it's because if you actually listen to the type of music that Pop Hunted writes or records he records real street music. Now, me, I ain't gonna lie. I heard the Corvette, Corvette song, and I'm thinking, oh, this is a good, feel, jolly song. Like, you know, bought me like a little, um, you know, Soldier Boy cranked that back in the days type of thing. Then I listened to the whole song, and he's talking about some street shit, and then I listened to his album, Mud Baby. It's some more street struggle shit, and I'm like, oh, no. I'm on their side because you're you're talking about being about that life and you have active you everybody knows that you snitched. That can't happen. What's your thoughts? I mean, we had this conversation in, in uh pre-production. I mean, I get it. You know, he, he he got paperwork, he's out here on his street shit. He was also 14 when he told. And he has a, a close family that died. And I know a lot of rap dudes that perpetuate this idea about being a street dude when they from Bel Air. You feel me? Yeah, but I understand that. But we both we both know people from from that lifestyle in the sense of oh, yeah, it's real life. It's 100 percent real. Yeah, life. and we know that there's people that have been like what's 14? 14, you're like not in the ninth grade. You was in high school. You know that there was some people gang banging and, and, and when they were freshmen, even some people that was gang banging in middle school. Some people jump off the porch around 11 or 12 years old and they know the street codes. My thing is I have no problem with him telling on somebody who got killed because, you know, that's somebody that you love and everything you want. You want that. You want the person who had done it to suffer and everything, all that good stuff. My problem is you'll continue on this gangster hood shit. And it, it, it to me, it's like, yo, are we going to have integrity in in our culture, in a sense? Are we going to keep allowing someone who snitched and did all this stuff continue to talk about gangster shit when he did some fraudulent shit? That's my that's my big issue with him. Now, if he was a, if he was an artist who was just doing crank that type music and dance music and, you know, all that. All the fun shit. All that fun shit. All that turn fun shit. 
oh, a pass because he's not really about that life and he's not really talking about that shit and everything. So I'll, I'll be on little Uzi ass like, why are you even bugging out? Because he's not on that. But little Uzi Vert, it has he has a he got street ties, a street ties, and he probably thinking he has street ties as well. Because I, I I guess all he's from Philly and Lil Uzi Philly, so I guess they probably did the little background check. And you speaking about this in your music, you can't be snitching. You get what I mean? Like you can't be just snitching out here and doing that. And that's why I'm saying like we should have. And I understand that there is a lot of snitches in this industry, but we have never had concrete evidence. And I'm saying. He got hard, like hard drive paperwork. Like hard drive paperwork. You can go look in the Philadelphia database and find him. Now, now for those for those people that you talking about who are from Bel Air who never pop, probably not about that street life, but talking about it, that's cool because we we don't have no concrete evidence about them not being about that life. So we just have to assume and take them for face values. But I'm saying we have to manage to keep integrity in in our culture when we actively have evidence. Factual evidence It's not he say she say Factual evidence About certain things And we have to stop them From portraying That lifestyle Because Like I said In our pre-production Conversation is My biggest problem With 6 9 Wasn't what 6 9 Was doing Because To be honest with you He's a very smart person He And he was moving Very tact Like those videos That he was doing In Chicago Antagonizing Old Block And Chief Keith He would film it He, would, he actually would um, Come in the morning to Chicago early in the morning, film all the stuff. He wouldn't release it on his Instagram until after he left the state. So he was, and even when he was doing that with um, YG and his people, when he was beefing with them, he was moving tactical. My biggest problem with Six Nine and what he was doing is the influence he had on the younger people, because a lot of younger folks who wasn't really about that life or who was still young was walking around telling people suck my dick and doing all that, and I'm like. Yo, the streets is still the streets. And even now in 2020, everybody can see the streets is still hungry. You going around telling people suck my dick or you going around portraying stuff that you're not really down to really ride on or going to get your little ass killed or smoke or beat up out here. So that's why I want a little more integrity in that because because these young kids are growing up on the Internet and they're not really growing up compared to us. I'm slick. You grew up from from interacting and being outside these kids don't go outside that's why being in quarantine has not really they so gangsters. yeah 100% nah. they they gang bang on GTA and they don't really have too much social skills they don't really have too much street smart like us we had to be in the street you had to know how to move around New York and know where places to go what, how, how to maneuver to go your destination through, through MTA high school and all that. these kids don't really have that opportunity now that's a fact. That's a fact. I mean, I think just going back to the integrity question is that, I mean, hip hop integrity has been diluted for thirty years. Just in the sense that, like, you know, once these corporations saw the monetary value in the days, like, yo, oh, you got to look, or oh, you know, people listen to you. Like, go mm-hmm. ahead, we'll push you a forefront. You know, gangster rap was big, but because it, it was telling the story, but then they commercialized it. it was like, yo, everybody could be a gangster rapper. Boy got paperwork. I get it, one hundred percent. Like, yo, it's, like the streets are not gonna respect him. But I'm like, his song came up off of TikTok. For one, right? That's TikTok. You, we had this conversation. You was like, oh, there's a lot of songs with these TikTok dances. You hit a real song. It's talking about some real shit. Yeah, but like, it's catchy. So like, everybody, oh, I'm gonna go kill him, my man. Like, like, um, like, like, spot him, got him. The beatbox, run and get it start. As a matter of fact, keep talking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cue it up. Yeah, but I'm like, you know, these things are like you're creating instant fame. Like these dudes are getting paid. He fought. He was he like in 19 now, 20 something like that. 
Not even right. But he's he's getting he's getting the bag off of TikTok, and understand again, he's talking about some real shit. At the same time, when his issues came up, he was fourteen. And I know a lot of fourteen year olds that think they hard, but as soon as something go down, they call their moms. Oh, of course, they, they they you know they 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 freak out. And if the story is true, that's because it's his best friend or his brother, or whoever. Like yo, I don't expect him to shut up, street or not. And I think we're holding him to an ideal about the streets when we realize a lot of like I said, a lot of these these street things. Like there's a lot of real street dudes out there, but you can tell who's real street and who's not. And I get it, Uzi distancing himself, but a lot of people say I'm not gonna work with him. I feel like that's yeah, trippy, right? Yeah, like a lot of people like you really about that in the streets. That's fine, but this whole industry black bullshit, I'm not jacking it because again, he's he's I'm saying he's a fucking child. My thing is. It wouldn't have been a problem, but he continues to speak about the gangster stuff. So are we not allowed to? And how many him? gangsters do you know? You've been in the barbershop where you've seen those niggas talking hard, doing all this, but then they still everybody. Oh, he got paperwork. I know niggas today that think they the hardest things in the street, yeah. but we all know you snitched. How you come home? In, how you come home in six months off of what you did? Oh, that's a fact, right? So I'm just, I'm just saying, like, but it, he's in the, he's, he's still, he's still releasing, music. he's still releasing music, and it, it, it is street music. I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying that, yo. When I look at like I, If I look at a 14 year old That snitch I can understand it more Than I'm saying Like if you was 100% Like like if Rowdy Or Bobby snitch You feel me Like they was 100% in the bag And it's mm-hmm. like Yo I'm taking these charges Cause I'm you know We we out here You feel me So I'm like I get it But at the same time he's he In my eyes He's a kid Like yo If that's the case You're gonna say Like he what she he do stop making music. He gonna change his whole subject matter. He built a yeah. fan base off of his off of this idea. A lot. I, of, I mean, he built like you say. He built this off of TikTok. So yeah. he still. My thing is, if I'm if I'm gonna give him advice, I'm like, bro, I suggest you t- turn your music into turned up music or that dance music and continue crossing over because that hip hop scene is only gonna deteriorate your whole career. That would be my advice to him. I think literally. Of, you've seen dudes get signed off a song. I feel like one of these big labels will get him. They'll have somebody on their label who has street cred jump on a record with him, and it'll be forgotten about once he gets a hit song. Because when you really think, but isn't about, that bad though? It is bad, but that's how the business of it works. So we can all morally say, "Yo, you snitched on somebody. Who, who did you write it wrong?" Especially coming from an urban air background, right? But you're going to continue making these type of songs. Yeah, because it's going to put money in his pocket. But isn't that bad as the culture that you're promoting this stuff that you're not really about? Again, if it's bad now, it was bad 25 years ago. So we're not allowed to change. That's kind of like, I can, it's not, this is a far, this is a far You think you're about to reach? Yeah, I'm I'm, going to reach, I'm going to stretch Armstrong. That's like kind of like racism in the sense of, you know, Oh, it happens back then, but should we change it or should we, you know? I feel like if you change, that's 100, I, I, I'll entertain your reach. I feel like you can, it, it, should you want to change the music, but then you got to look at every single artist and every single song they've ever put out recently. Like, yo, you want, let me see if, let me get, let me fact check you. Let me go to your let me G check you. Why not? Because <laughs> you know how many people you have to go through? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm at least the popular ones. You don't got to do go. Because, I mean, I know it's, it's hard to track because there's a lot of people making music I'm nowadays. About to say, and, and old pop hunter, like, I know the song because again, students tell me, but I'm like, I'm not checking for Corvette, Corvette. I don't give a damn about Corvette. Maybe yeah, that's but maybe that's- young dudes are, and then he, they listen. I, and then the reason why I even got in tune to more about, I listened to his album, Mud Baby, and I was like, then I'm like, oh no, he's and talking about gangster shit because I'm thinking because that's a lot of time. That's part of the earlier conversation is. A lot of these TikTok songs only have a snippet of these songs, and, and you, you listen to the full song, and you realize like, nah, these songs is really freaking dangerous. Like, like this song, "Cue Me Up Real Quick." 
Me with my motherfucking heat. Bitch, I got mo. You have everybody dancing. Shout out to Junebug and shout out to G Herbal. You have all of them doing a the little stupid dance to it. But you listen to this video. You watch this video. Homeboy got uh two Glocks with an extended <laughs> clip on it. And he ready to go to war. Wanted to go to war about this shit. Hundred percent. I mean, I, I get it. But it's all commercial at this point. Like they commercialize gangster, like the street life. So, but we're suffering. We us black, us, us minority people are suffering. Yeah, because it's also that's our everyday reality. 100%. But how are we going to tell the police to change the act if they if 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 media is portraying us this way, and they only seeing this as these savages? Savages. How are we going to ask them to not kill us in the sense of that if we don't? If, not saying we have to promote a good image because we shouldn't. We should be ourselves. But if this is commercial and you're and you're promoting this savage, how are we going to ask them to treat us any better? If, if they if this is what influenced them, if they know that this is the younger and and they, and, and then some of these and a lot of these kids are impressionable, so they'll follow it and dress like these artists as well. I mean, appearance and execution is two different things. Like, of course, you don't want. These these institutions, you want the police to to go in and be like, yo, well, they talking about doing this. They was playing this song in the car, so I was threatened, right? But then that also goes down to community training. If you're talking about police, you feel me? Because it's like it's all it's one sided. We as a community have to do better in what we're in our art forms and what we're allowing to be monetized. But then it's also like, yo, I'm not gonna put no scary ass cop in the middle of the damn hood. <laughs> you feel me? So it's all around. And then for Pop Hunter and this in his case, from my point of view, I'm like, yo. Who's to say he ain't snitching Go right back to doing Some of the street shit He talking about Right His paperwork just became An issue recently But if he was Went back If something happened And he went His reaction was to go back Into the streets Who's saying he didn't do The shit he did So I'm just saying I got 14 In terms of the streets He fucked up But he also Was a 14 year old kid And 14 year olds Make mistakes all the time That they can bounce back from I think that the label He gonna get picked up By Warner Brothers Or Atlantic Or somebody that's gonna Capitalize off this little song And if he not signed already They gonna They gonna clean up They gonna glamorize They gonna clean it up He gonna put out some real He gonna drop an intro record Where he talks about Yo what happened that day And why he felt he had to do it He gonna clean it up I don't like it I mean Hey we don't have But he know He's not my cup of tea I mean you know I didn't know Who he was Until literally Until my students And you told me so. Yes but you know I mean I just hope If you if you are listening And you wanna take advice Yo I suggest you to cross over to the other side and make some turnt music and make some dance music and make your paper and do that. And then if you want to go behind the scene, but if you continue this path of talking that gangster stuff, them real dudes is going to try you. And that's a lot of things we, we didn't touch upon. Like the real dudes around America are trying these artists, by the way, because a lot of these artists is getting their chain snatched or getting beat up or even, or, some type of robbery happened or shot at. So you promote you promote this look. They're going to try to see if you're really about that. And that's my only thing about that. Uh, not for you, bro. I feel you. So as you know, we're closing in on the last part of our. Well, wait, wait, wait. We didn't finish with the music section, though. We didn't finish. Well, we didn't finish. We start that segment. The what? continuation Song oh, of the week Excuse me I'm so sorry I forgot Oh come on now Song of the week song. What's your song of the week This week bro I have my song What's your song of the week Hold on I gotta make sure I got the right Let me, me cue you up first Cause I already got mine 
Uh, you got my. I've been jumping this. I've been listening to Moray, man. Y'all know, y'all know the um Twitter meme with, with the rapper with the big boy rag. Yeah, he got a, a nice flow. What's the name of the song? It's this train that he dropped. Is called, it's called uh Big Decisions. So let's check it out real quick. Big decisions. Yeah. So big decisions by Moray. J Cole shout him out. Uh, he been dropping some fire records, man. So. Got that melodic going. Hmm? Oh, we gotta talk through this so we don't get copyright. 100 percent But nah. But man's is man's is, he's on the come up right now. Once I said once Cole you caught you catch Cole. I remember the last person that caught Cole out was Kendrick. But he got he got a nice little melody going, but he's spitting that real shit. Um I just been enjoying his music. I'm trying to think. Nothing really came. I got the division EP. I ain't listened to it yet. Yeah, no, my I, ain't, I ain't listened to that at all. Um my song of the week this week, you know, it's a song I've been listening to for I've been really getting to my Afro beats, bro. And, you know, people, hey, anybody here listen to this? I've just started on my Afro beat wave. I've listened to it for a couple of years now, but I really started getting into it with the artists. And I'm only with the popular artists right now before I get to the underground work. So bear with me. But this song that I've been playing is my joint right here. If you wanna make a ginger, give me oh, sound crazy. Sound like outside. Don't want that. Yo, they need to play this outside. Yeah, but she might get sick. <laughs> and I cook, uh, Hey, I don't know what he means by that, but let's go. Sound I like this. Yes, that's 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 the wave. But that's ginger. That's Wiz Kid featuring Burner Boy. Burner ginger. Boy. Burner Boy. Yeah, so that, come on now. So that's my song of the week. It's though, just but. it's so dope that uh like you know African music is just becoming so. I hope it's not becoming like it's becoming mainstream, but it's like it's not becoming diluted. Like it's still to its core. Like you, oh yeah, you kind of get like I think the Burn Boy album was dope. <sighs> African was it African Giant. I think it was that joint was crazy. Yeah, no, was it wasn't dope for me. You ain't like it? Yeah. I enjoyed it because I feel like he had like a little political message going on with it. No, no, it was great, but. Coming from his first album. Oh, his he got he got joints, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's my shit, boy. That's my shit, boy. Say that again. I'm not doing it again because I'm drinking. That's my shit. That, that wasn't on the album, you know that, right? I'm saying that's I said his older joints. I yeah, no, I'm talking about his first album. Um, like about- his first album had like on the low. Don't go there, go yeah, don't go but, there. But he had records even before that. I'm saying, yeah, like yeah. his records, like early Burning Boy records, is crazy. The second album wasn't here in the way. Because you didn't get the, because it wasn't that, he didn't get the club club, but that shit was smooth. Boy. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. It had a couple of tracks, but, and then he also had Naughty by Nature, which I was surprised. I didn't even know Burner Boy even knew what who Naughty by Nature was. So that just that speaks on his. Stereotyping. Asshole, like oh, you you would really expect somebody from Nigeria to know what Naughty by Nature is in 2020. Uh, music is universal. Why not? Why the fuck not? Alright, you're right. I'm gonna <laughs> let you get that one. I'm gonna let you get that one. I was surprised about that, but I liked the second album was cool. I liked the first album better. Bro. I got listen to the Wizkid album. I got it. Oh no, Wizkid album. I've, I've heard. Bops. I've heard nothing but good reviews. Straight bops. You know what? Maybe straight bops. You could listen to this at home vibing. You could go to the club. And slap this on, and I, you can play it straight through like that's your, that's DJ that's gonna be the DJ's African session. Yes, you, back. you can play that like you you have the a little R and B in bag. You got the song with LMA. Shout out to my boo boo LMA. I love you. Um, you know you you could sit here and play that. You could play no stress. You could play the Burner Boy record. Shit is a bop for real though. All right, I got I got I got to cue that up. Top that twenty, up. top part of my top twenty album of last year. Alright Fair enough Fair enough Shout out to Burner Boy Shout out to WizKid Shout out to Afrobeats But then again Yo Music being as widespread as it is I think streaming 
made it so that yo, you can really enjoy a lot of music and that's dope. But um yeah, so we're closing out one of a, a a fan favorite topic, something that we get we we hear back about quite frequently. Our toxic topic to wrap up this week. You wanna introduce it, bro? Oh yes, yes, yes. Hold on. Give me give me a little give me a little chance. I'll pull it up the video. You feel me? Nah, so I just preface it. So I was like, yo, we've been touching on just, you know, what you know, how much you pay in, in a relationship, you know, what's the new current rules in dating and whatnot. We talked about Lori Harvey and the being the goat. She's even, the goat. Even though we ain't discussing oh, oh, Yo, she just post up, they just post on new pictures and you got my boy smiling, hugging her in the water, covering her body. Yo, she got the wop. Pussy, <laughs> her pussy good. But now we want to kind of flip the script a little bit because, you know, we all been, we, we all grown, right? Everybody listening to this is grown. So, yeah, I better be. You better not be doing young kids listening to us. And then, I mean, young kids listen to gangster rap. So why would they listen to this? Oh, you're right. That's the answer to that. But, you know, sometimes relationships go sour. Even when you, you know, you think you got everything going on, everything is working out, you know, you're clicking on all cylinders. Sometimes things don't work out on one or more parties, right? Yeah. So, how much are you willing to tolerate before you say, you know, this relationship not it? I gotta, I gotta move on to bigger and better things. Mm. I, that's tough. I mean, it's a really thought provoking question. Because, because, because I it had a, a couple factors is how long I've been in this relationship. Should that matter? Oh, you right. Should that matter? I, th- I used to think that too. Like, yo, I've been with X, Y, and Z for mad long. Like, yo, but like, but you know, the longer you've been with the person, the more you able to tolerate. Yeah, true. It depends on like your level of what y'all been through too. Like I know people who've been together for for years, and it's like they they at least to my knowledge they haven't told they don't really show like what's happening behind closed doors. Like you always think shit is perfect. Oh yeah, I mean for me, I think one of my be- my one of my pet peeves is when we don't um is uh when we're not able to discuss problems or resolve problems because I've been I've been in in relationships or talking to people who. Most of the time, we bury the problems just to get over it because we like each other so much, and we try to move past it. But it always come back in some shape or form. And I realize, and then that makes me that starts to get that starts to make me be annoyed of the person. Like little now, things. little things start to annoy me, and little things blow me up because that's some because that's things that's being piled up on each other that's never been resolved. So. If stuff start getting to that route, then I will have to give up because it's not going to work out regardless, and I'm not going to even want to even communicate with you. That's I get that. I think that's a, that's one of my that's, things. That's I had to think about some other stuff. And no, that's fine. I'm fine. Just coming on this side, I think like for me, my biggest thing is like I could tolerate a lot. Just I think my nat- I'm a naturally patient person. I ain't trying to do my own. Like, mm-hmm. I can I can literally. Uh, yes, you are. I, I I commend you for that. I could literally like you know I little things don't really phase me or like you know I, I I have my ways of just getting over stuff that's non-destructive. But I think my biggest thing for me when I have to consider leaving, like just don't lie to my face. That's always been my thing since I was like in high school. Like, that was always my thing. Like regardless of we got issues or we got things like communication. I'm like I said, I'm not the greatest communicator. It takes me some time to process some stuff, and I'm not gonna be frustrated for partners that I've been with in the past, right? Where it's like, yo, I need a day or a week or so to really process what's going on, or really look at a situation, and you know, not necessarily rule emotions from it, but just be like, be able to look at it from a, a even keel standpoint. When you're yeah. really in it immediately, your immediate, your immediate emotions is gonna really take over. You might say or do hey, some real hurtful. Want to see from another person's side? Yeah, you might say or do some real hurtful shit, right? So. I literally Like literally I just can't Like if I, especially if I know You're lying Like that's when it Like it'll piss me off To the point like I don't even want to deal with you And I was like It's kind of like You don't exist yep. Even if we're still Like working through things It's like I'm not gonna Really put 100% in 
because it's like, yo, why, why, you're, you're lying. And I blatantly know you're lying. And it, it gets worse if you try to flip shit on me. Like, well, you like, what? Oh, don't do that. Yep. And then, you know, a lot of thing is posting on the internet about our problems. I'm a private person, despite what anybody who has me on social media thinks of me. Like, because I know a lot of people think that, oh, Brian, you always posting stuff up. Lo and behold, I never really post my emotions or what I really go through on the internet. And I don't think you should unless you are looking for help or some stuff some of that kind way. Of attention, something like that. And I keep my love life off the internet, private. So if I'm messing with you or we in a relationship, you post our problems on the internet, that would make me break up with you because it's like, who are you posting this for and what type of support are you looking for? Or what type of person that you're trying to frame me on the internet and I can't tolerate that and that and like compared to that and not resolving issues a com- a, a com- like combining that together is going to and, and my problem is and I think this is a, a, a bad trait is I start getting in my own head and I start formulating things in my own head and I just start to back away and I start to be like less communicative and I start to not really want to be around your presence. I start to separate myself from the situation and then you're going to start feeling it after a while. And, and I think that's the bad stuff that I have to work on, but that's how it happens. And that will make me break up with the person. No, I can see it. I think it's just like, you know, like I said, everybody has their, 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 their threshold. Some people's goes deeper than others. And just like, yo, are we getting better from this? Like, I'm, mm. I can't, Pretend something that upsets me Doesn't upset me Like I might be able to push forward Or do certain things But I'm more so like yo I'm just be quiet If I'm quiet like, If you know me I'm naturally quiet But if I'm like I'm quiet Like I don't really want to do anything like, I'm very lethargic I think that that's where it's kind of like You know like it's, it's gotten to me Like I can't really deal with it I'm not going to progress Until we hash this out You feel me mm. I do want to thank my therapist though Shout out Dr. Ruk I've been, I rested, enrolled in therapy Like three years ago Not even off a relationship type joint But just off of like Just knowing myself Like knowing how difficult it is Like Like I'm an optimist In most situations So like I go into Any situation Work Relationship Friendship Anything like that Very optimistic And when things go bad Or they hit me in a way Where I wasn't expecting because of whether I put expectations on something or whatever, like I took it hard. Like not like I said, it wasn't self destructive, but like mentally I would be like fractured. Like I just couldn't really function. Mm-hmm. So going to therapy, I was able to like really talk these things out and be like, yo, oh, you know, it's, it's honest. It's like I'm not worried about hurting my therapist's feelings. I'm not worried about you know what I say because you know this is doctor patient confidentiality. You know, yeah. it's safer because it's like a lot of times when you're in a situation and you try to be honest, a lot of times what you're gonna say is gonna hurt. Mm-hmm. And when it hurts It's like yo Well now you are Risking alienating your partner Because you're trying To just tell your truth But unfortunately Your truth might be too hard For them to bear That's real shit And it's like If you if it, if it things go sideways It's like oh Oh damn Now oh. what about disrespect though What level what of is, disrespect what is Can you What is disrespect Because it's like mm. yo Everybody's threshold of disrespect is different Like if you are A secure person Your disrespect might be cheating But if you're an insecure person Your disrespect might be like Yo uh, You know You texting somebody Of of the same sex Or something like that Oh yeah I think my disrespect is You throwing any of my problems In my face Or anything that I have told you And confidentially In my face If you Bring that up in my face That's a form of disrespect And And that would make me Separate from you even more I guess my disrespect Like, Like you know like Okay, let's make it a little funny. Like, if I told you I had like a, a third nipple, <laughs> and then we're arguing. Oh, like you told me in college you ate ass, and I told everybody a while and out. 
I did. That was not true, and you made that up. And you had everybody out right, here bro. talking about it's, I ate ass and right. I never ate ass you, in my you, life it's before. Okay. You, you was eating the booty in 2014. It's cool, bro. Get out of here. Uh, never mind. You know what? I was about to expose you on something, but you know what? I'm I'm a better person, and well, for my learn to my for my therapist is to be a better person and not to stoop to people's level. Like what, what Michelle Obama said: when they go low, go high. But anywho, back to what I was saying. <laughs> Ass wipe. Uh, what you will call it? Um, like. Like okay for the third nipple, like if you if I if I like you talking about oh yeah fuck you and your third nipple and all that <laughs> <laughs> to to you know to be and shit like that then I'm be like oh nah that's disrespect I can't tolerate type of thing you feel me uh, I get you I get it that definitely makes sense I think like yo because um, because the thing about and I think it comes from us guys not being able to be vulnerable or at least the stereotype of not being vulnerable so anything that I'm vulnerable with you about and you bring that up. It's a form of disrespect. Nah, that's a fact. That's a fact. I think being I think being vulnerable is scary because of like as a man, like you said, you're vulnerable. A lot of times, people will use it against you, mm-hmm. or like I don't know. I'm probably get choked for saying this, but I feel like a lot of women can't really say sorry, or they can't apologize. What the lack of accountability in women? Or <laughs> oh, that's a yeah, that, that touched that. Touched oh no, because because we got. I'll be you know we towards play. the end we're towards the end so we got to bring this up probably in future episodes but women ladies you say this accept but the, it's, it's not just say sorry though it's like just accept your just accept being uh, wrong yes and uh, yeah kind of like it's, it's it's so frustrating because y'all will go to the length of lens to sit here and court like okay like okay for example they could have probably dropped something on the floor. Instead of saying sorry about that, they were like, oh, you woke up this morning and rearranged the whole table and everything. So that's why it got dropped on the floor type of thing. Instead of just saying sorry and moving past it. Uh, or instead of guilting me into saying sorry to appease your feelings, but you don't want to do that for me. I hear that. I think like, yo, it's, 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 I'm not saying old men don't say sorry, but it's never it's never timely. <laughs> Oh, no. It's never when you need it. It's nah, they just tell you, oh, are you hungry? Yeah, yeah, you want something to eat? But it, you never really get that. Like I'm at least, I'm, like in a majority of my situations, I think I haven't really gotten a full apology or a well timed apology. Which is kind of mm. like as a guy, it's really what you want because it's like yo, we we understand women raised on the men ain't shit. Do you protect you? Whatever, whatever. But a lot of times, like. I think with male ego, especially when something goes wrong and you 100% believe you had like you didn't deserve it or it wasn't on, you know, it wasn't there's nothing that you could have possibly done to make this be the 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 outcome, right? Mm-hmm. It's like yo, damn, like I thought I was doing everything right, like I really thought like I was here, like I committed, I whatever, and then you did what you did. I found out it's like, you know, I know you're not sorry necessarily about what you did. You more so sorry about what I found out. And I don't know how to progress. And it's like, oh well, you know, I I, I I'm sorry. That's it. It's like oh, my bad. Can we move on? Let's pretend it didn't happen. And I think that's kind of like the hardest thing because like when a woman says sorry, it's like you want to be done with it. And I, we do it too. Like when guys oh, yeah, cheat or when guys do whatever, it's like, yo, I'm sorry. I'm but you know we also run from a position of begging because you can always see when you when your woman changes on you when it's like she don't believe in you no more. You see it. Yeah. But for a guy, when it's like, yo, it's a situation where a guy has to kind of be like, yo, I, I don't believe in you right now. It's food It's sex But that's it And that's something that like Not to be a dickhead But like You can get anywhere but On both on both sides Oh yeah Like men go like, I gotta fly out I gotta do this I gotta do that I gotta show how I'm here Even if it don't work out I think like for, On the flip side It's like well That comes back to Other conversation What do you have to offer 
Cause like you know Right now I'm fragile I'm broken I don't necessarily know Like I don't want to end this But it's like yo If you're gonna parade around Like ain't shit happening Or be mad at me For my emotions towards it And then it's oh, like Oh yeah Cause have you ever had Like you you was mad at your woman And then she turned around And been mad at you Until the point That you had to apologize For something yeah, That she did course. wrong That's been happening Since I was like 18 <laughs> <laughs> And that's just crazy In a sense Cause I'm like yo You don't understand that You by doing that ladies Are just kind of like Neglecting his feelings yeah. And not accepting, not accepting, because I, okay, now nah, it's going to get me canceled by a certain hey, group of, oh, damn, you about to get in trouble, good job, bro. All right, I love, I'm, I love all my Haitian people, especially uh-oh. my Haitian women, but I, I, there's a sort of pride, it's like saying sorry or saying I'm wrong takes such a thing, it's like, they don't want to admit it, they rather fight to their grave, Fighting you against it instead of just saying I'm sorry because they, for some reason, saying sorry is like a symbol of weakness in a sense. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to ask or inquire more. Like it's like a vulnerability. Yeah, vulnerability of saying sorry is just like something against the existence. But I'm just like, yo, you have to understand about your partner's feelings and their existence as well by you not acknowledging what you have done or just putting them. It's putting them in a, I won't say in a, um, inferior way, but but you box them in. Yeah, you box them in, and then you kind of just kind of like, it's like a neglection, and then you don't understand what type of feelings that comes from that. And that might make us make mistakes. I'm not saying that's a good reason to cheat or whatnot in that sense, but you kind of put us in this type of world where we. Don't know how to process things. And I don't want to put this all on women before they all start saying, oh, don't blame us for your actions and all that good stuff, but just say sorry. (laughs) I think on both sides, like as a guy, like we understand too. Like I think it's been so, in the last 20 years, it's been so much more transparent. And it's like both sides, especially as uh, black people, just like seeing like, you know, the pain that each side holds Mm -hmm. and uh, the learned, I guess, I guess they, I say learn misbehaviors because it's like you're learning things that aren't as like, you know, remember how when you was a kid, your pops like, how many girls you got now? Oh, you got her, 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 you Disney, you don't never tell them this, you love them and is that the third? Yeah. But it's like, oh, yeah, we're systematically trying to unlearn these bad habits and break those generational curses. And it's going to be a lot of trial and error, which is oh, why yeah. I say like, for me, I feel like I, I've learned to be patient just in general, any kind of relationship, familiar, friendly, romantic, whatever, because people are going to do and say things that you don't agree with, you know, and it's okay because you're giving each other a chance to grow unless it becomes detrimental to the point that you can't even function. That's when it's kind of like, yo, it's time to go. That's a go fact. On. But you ever heard of, yo, of, of, of a guy telling you, yo, to say sorry, whatever she say, say you done, yeah, to say sorry, just apologize. It's like 50 cent, yo, he did that shit, he did that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, and that's, that's actually very detrimental to us because it's kind of like, yo, we just have to just suck it up and just, Deal with even though we know in our hearts that like I wasn't wrong, I wasn't wrong. But just to appease you, and I'm, I don't mind doing that sometimes, just to say because you don't want to argue and you don't want to just go to bat and go to war just to prove your point. Because some points are not that important, yes. but like we shouldn't be able, we shouldn't be locking our feelings up for that or or accepting sort of feelings that we shouldn't have because we wasn't a tribute to it. One hundred percent. I know I ain't cause it, but I, I ain't want, I don't want to deal with it, but I have to. It's kind of like goes goes hand in hand. But I, but back to the original conversation, my tolerancy 
on relationships are not high at all. Really? It, it would have to be, that's why I said how for how long. Like, I think my tolerance, my tolerance would, uh, will go higher as for longer we are together. Simple because I'm, I'm a type of person that likes to get comfortable. It takes me a while to get comfortable, but once I get comfortable, I don't like to get be uncomfortable. And I think that's probably something I will have to change. But in the beginning stage, it takes me a long time to get comfortable. So my tolerance level is not there. So any mishap or any red flags, I'm out. I don't even, if I could see, if I could see that red flag evolve into something more, I'm out. So it really depends on me. And the tolerance is depending on what you have done and how long we've been together. That may see if I'm ready to give up on a relationship or not. Uh, I think, I, I dig that. I dig that. I I think for me, I'm like I'm not really. I don't. I I notice red flags, but I also I don't know. I think I I understand trauma. Like I know growing up in a house full of women, like I understand like what women go through. So I know every reaction isn't necessarily like you know detrimental or isn't something corrective. It's like sometimes you've got to be able to be there for them, mm-hmm. and then you can see it. So I'm definitely. If we are going through it, I can be a glutton for punishment, for lack of a better word. Just be like, yo, let's talk about it. But then at the same time, there was nothing wrong with, you know, I guess taking a couple of lumps early because it's like, yo, I, I get to see who you are and who I am too. Because it's like, yo, I think when you figure out how to deal with a or like not deal with it, that's not bad, but when, you've, when you're working with a woman, especially you saw something in them, right? If you see something in a woman, you're going to just run away because she don't like the way you clip your toenails. I don't know. I see you making a face. Go ahead. Nah, 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 nah. That's nah, not you. Nah. I mean, I would accept that if I was twenty. Oh, you thirty five, my. Don't friend. do that. You about forty eight soon. I'm uh, young <laughs> asshole. Um, I would accept that if I was like in my young twenties, but in the age that I'm in right now, no. I there's certain things that I'm not accepting. Like I understand everybody has insecurities and all that. Even I have my insecurities, but there's certain things that. At, at my age, if I'm talking to you, I'm going to need certain things to not be there in a sense. You get what I mean? Like, I just, like, I, something that. like young, young girl problems. Yeah, like certain stuff that I know, like, you should, by this age, you should already, like, be dealing with or already have done with. Or even especially now with social media and everything, everybody talking about trauma. Like, if you have trauma, like, I ain't going to lie. Maybe, maybe. I'm being a little vicious or a little brutal with this, but I'm saying like any problems that you have in now, especially 2021 and ongoing are being made aware. If you have social media and you all that, you should know that a lot of people is going through trauma and everything, but that doesn't give you no excuse, excuse to, not, to keep doing it. Keep yep, doing and, it. And, and not working on yourself and just getting by that by saying, Oh, this is what happened to me. And I'm like, you should be in help. You should be getting help type of thing. Should be no excuses, because back in the days you could do that, because you know not a lot of people believe in therapy and everything like that. But in the last couple of years, that's been the been booming. It's been booming, and a lot of people. So it's like you telling me this, or you telling me it's like I can't accept that. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. I think people like operating from the position of a, vic- a victim, though. Oh, phew, that's America. <laughs> yeah, people like operating from the position of a victim. So it's like, yo, I've always been this way. You gonna take it? Like that's those people that get me the most aggravated when I'm on Twitter. It's like I got issues, but you gonna deal with it? Like no, yeah, I'm like, not. like you know, I was crazy. I'm like, that's, that's not an that's, excuse. that's not an excuse. What? Like 
you know I'm crazy. I'm like, wait, no, that's not good. You have a mental problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> you should go get that checked out, get some medication if, if it's available type of thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I also subscribe from this, the notion I'm an old romantic. I guess like, yo, if she worth it, you're going to deal with it for as long as you can. Because, you know, if she... If she like you know you can tell a person that's trying to change, trying to get better. Like they they notice they trigger. So mm-hmm. you you got like five crazies. You got five crazy spaz up. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got five. I'm like once, 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 five. once you hit three, I'm like, oh this chick is fucking crazy. Oh, when you yep. hit four, I'm like, whoo. <laughs> <laughs> if you get to five, oh you wake up on me with a knife, like oh nah, this, Shit, nah you that, gotta go. I'm about to say you man. Like my phone ringing, your phone ringing at the same time. Like, what the fuck? What? How did you? <laughs> <laughs> that's who. That's who you is. You the, you the feds. You're like, are you hacked in my like, email? Like, oh, what? You, oh, you police. I gotta go. Oh, nah. <laughs> if you police, and it's like, no, we we like, mm, then 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 it's time to go. But I don't know, y'all. Let us know what you think. Like, how? What's your tolerance for relationships? How long you stay in a, a, a difficult relationship? Or you know, what's your triggers? We just had like a little twenty minute therapy session. Oh, facts. This is good. What we say, but um, yo, you got any parting words for the people, brother man? Ah, uh, man, you know it's real when you are who you say you oh, are. Oh my gosh, shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, man? Uh, yo, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day. You know you're going. I mean, I might drop this. We might drop this tomorrow for Doctor. We'll drop it tomorrow night. Get it out a little early. But yo, just make sure you the world. This is gonna be an important week this week, y'all. Whether it's in your in your personal lives, like the status of the country, so just yo, when things get heavy. Take a little moment, just reflect. You talked about goal setting earlier. It's the new year. While we didn't really talk about resolutions, yo, just set some goals, some daily goals, some short term goals, some long term goals, and just yo, start chipping away, man. Because ain't no time like the present. I know we ain't do no stock talk, but Mark Cuban was basically saying his tweet been crazy. It went viral. He said, yo, I was twenty seven and I was broke, and now he's a multi billionaire. So and I said, you gotta strive for money, but whatever you feel is gonna make your life better if you don't have it yet you can still achieve that so definitely you know keep that in mind also with that said make sure you follow us and like rate subscribe on everything youtube coming soon we got the photo shoot coming soon playlist on spotify should be up by the end of this week so you can get our our weekly playlist updates um yeah it's your boy slick grayson it's your boy b breezy and we out of here y'all to cow